What's up, everybody? This is Scott Yeager here with another edition of Challenge Mania. This episode is brought to you by Challenge Mania Live Denver, coming to you from the Denver Improv this Saturday, June the 8th. That's right. We're going to be joined by Nehemiah Clark from Real World Austin, Kellyanne Judd from Real World Sydney, and we just announced coming to you straight off the Bachelorette where he was a runner-up and he was also a rookie on War of the Worlds. If you blinked, you might have missed him. But Chase McNary will also be joining us at Challenge Mania Live Denver and his place, Rebel Social, is hosting our official after party and the Sunday brunch. If you want to attend all that, you need the VIP meet and greet ticket. GA will not cut it, folks. Go to challengemania.live for tickets now. All right. You didn't come for me. You came for D. So on the line right now, everybody's got a nickname these days. You got Paula Walnuts. You got Johnny Bananas. How about Derek Donuts? How about Scotty Scones? What do you think? Derek Kaczynski on the line. How you doing? Yeah, I'm going to pass on the Derek Donuts. I've been trying to stay away from those for, for years now. I only get to uh, indulge every now and then. Overindulge every now and then. I'm trying to... Trying to, trying to, trying to get my Joss bot on. You know what I'm saying? So is there a food that more <laughs> directly correlates to your current diet regimen that has the same ring to it as Paula Walnuts, Johnny Bananas, Scotty Scones? Cause I'm liking Scotty Scones. The scone is the unheralded sort of falls into the background breakfast pastry that, I mean, if you're in the UK, you know all about the scone, but here, here in New York, scones are starting to make a comeback, starting to make their way to the front of the glass display at the, uh, the breakfast spots. Yeah, I got one for you. How about Derek Avocado? Ooh, Derek Avocado. Ooh, I like that. Get out of here. It's got the the whole New York Italian swagger behind it and everything. I'm not even Italian. I don't know that when I hear avocado, I think Italian, but it does sound Italian. You're right. It does. It's like like, uh, Louis Aparicio. Like I had a a coach in high school call me, ooh, ooh, you like Louis Aparicio. I'm like. Who the fuck is Louis Aparicio? But I like I like your energy and I like the ring to it. You know, sounds like an actor. Uh, you know, he, well he was uh, he was a baseball player. He was like a shortstop. Well, no, short... no, Louis Aparicio sounds like a baseball star for sure. But Derek Avocado sounds like he'd be like you know starring across like Misha Barton on the newest kind of OC reboot. Yeah, yeah, we got avocados flowing through the system on a daily, hundred percent. That's your good fat. It's your good fat. It's your good fat versus your bad fat, Scott. I good fat love versus avocado. Your bad fat. I put avocado on everything. I have it at breakfast from time to time, lunch, dinner. I certainly have it at brunch. And we're doing a Challenge Mania brunch this Sunday at Rebel Social. I can now finally announce this. This is when, when you do these shows, D. I know you know, but our listeners don't. Tons of things are in place, schedules, all that stuff. We don't like announcing people and then having to say, oh, sorry, can't make it. So Chase McNary finally able to confirm he will be in the house this Saturday, Challenge Mania Live Denver. You guys all know it's at the Denver Improv, 1 p.m. meet and greet and a 3 p.m. live show. But after that, we're all going to migrate over to Rebel Social, which if you listen to our episode of Challenge Mania featuring Chase, you know, he opened up a bar and restaurant there in Denver. He owns the place and he is welcoming us and the maniacs with open arms for the official Challenge Mania after party. We're going to go there. Party's going to go from about 5, 530 to 8. But you guys can stay as long as you want. But I promise D, myself, Nehemiah, Kellyanne, Chase, we are all going to come by for at least an hour or so, I promise, and have a, a cocktail or two with you guys. Um, to attend that, you need to be VIP meet and greet ticket holders. That's right. You're going to get something at the meet and greet that you'll need to present at Rebel Social to attend. But not just that. 
On Sunday morning, we're going to do that workout with Emily Schramm over at Platform Strength. And immediately after that, it's right next to Rebel Social. We'll go back there where Chase is nice enough to host our Challenge Mania brunch. So nothing better than a brunch to follow up a workout. And I don't know what they have on the menu there, but I'm going to be adding avocado, D. And I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about actual avocado. Yeah, and you know, it it really does feel like uh, Challenge Mania week. You know what I mean? It almost feels like a fight week, you know, because like you said, for, for, for me and you, it's, it's a little bit of a stressful week. You know, you want to, we want everything to kind of like fall in place. We want everyone to be happy. We want everything to go right. And, you know, um, having this addition of Chase, I think is pretty, pretty cool. You know, um, you, you said you may have missed him. I think he made a, a big splash into the challenge family when he came in um, and, you know, went into a, a pretty solid elimination. His partner was Ashley. And we get to ask him all these things on uh, at Challenge Mania Live because, to be honest with you, we had we had this like long background. He had this long, entertaining background and who Chase was before he got onto the challenge. Um, now we're going to get to digging into the more challenge stuff at Challenge Mania Live. Yeah, and the guy, as we talked about on our interview, and if you haven't heard that interview, and maybe if you're coming to Challenge Mania Denver, you want to familiarize yourself with Chase, or you're not coming and you're jealous, you're getting FOMO for all those people who are going to get to hang out with Chase and uh, speak with Chase in person, go listen to our episode with him because, you know, I joked about if you blinked, you missed him on the show. He only lasted one episode there. I think, well, two episodes if you count the, the initial one. Um, you know, him and Ashley, he comes in out the gate. He has... The, the reigning champion is his partner. They end up going down to Hunter in Georgia in very dramatic fashion. But en route to that, you saw him and Nani canoodling a little bit. I've never seen somebody make more out of one episode and being the first boot, if you will. So um, not only that, the guy, as I mentioned, has a long history with the Bachelor franchise that he's still somewhat plugged into the Bachelor Bachelorette uh, franchise. He's a, you know, he's a veteran of reality television. He did X on the Beach. He played with a lot of the people who then came out of the challenge. Like like your Paulies and your Faith, but also some folks that only existed in that platform, X on the Beach. I know that's Dee's favorite show, but a lot of you guys like that as well. So Chase brings an interesting perspective, and we live, like it or not, and I think we're starting to like it more and more, especially here with War of the Worlds, we live in an age where it's not just real-world road rules. And look, we've got your real-worlders there. We've got Nehemiah Clark. We've got Kellyanne Judd. I love that we have Chase there to add this rookie perspective, to add this new-age perspective coming from a completely different franchise of The Bachelorette, The Bachelor over on ABC, and now being integrated into the MTV fold with the X on the Beach and the Challenge. So the perfect button on this lineup, I think, and it just happens to work out that he has one of the hottest clubs, restaurants, bars in Denver, Rebel Social, uh, and they're going to welcome us with open arms both on Saturday and Sunday. So we are very excited about Challenge Mania Live Denver this weekend. Uh, it's the first one we've done since Austin back in February, and uh, we're ready to dust off the microphones, dust off the stickers, dust off the T-shirts, and come and hang out with you guys, do a nice meet and greet live show. We got an after party, a workout, a brunch. Man, this is like, this is the most full weekend we've ever had, yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. Like, like you said, I mean, there's a lot that goes into to making this work. So everyone that's coming out, we're excited to meet you. Uh, excited to hang out with you if you're gonna make it to all this extra stuff. And uh, just, I'm just pumped. I've never been to Denver. Um, I'm excited to to see Nehemiah, Kellyanne, and uh, I, I think Chase is gonna be a good time. I mean, he owns a freaking restaurant bar. 
You know what I mean? Really nice guy, really cool guy. If he hasn't won you over yet, I guarantee you by the end of the day, Saturday, he will have. If you do have a VIP meet and greet ticket and you do want to get the ball rolling on letting us know uh, that you're going to be able to make it, um, not so much to the after party Saturday, feel free to decide on Saturday, oh, you know what, it's been a long day, not going to come, or if you want to come, you can show up to that regardless. However, if you are going to come to the workout and brunch on Sunday, we'd love to get a formal head count. So if you have the VIP meet and greet ticket, mind you, you need that. If you bought GA and you want to upgrade, just call the club. I'm sure you can do that. You can also do that on site as well. We'll have a way for you to do that if you show up and you say, you know what, I really want to do that after party. We can pay and have you do the uh, VIP meet and greet upgrade on site. That being said, now if you're ready to rock, you know when your return flight is, you're local to Denver and you know you're coming to the workout, you're coming to the brunch on Sunday, email us, challengemaniapodcast at gmail.com and just formally say, hey, I'm coming. Uh, I'm coming my brother, I'm coming my mom, whatever, so we can get a head count going and make sure we're uh, properly set up over there. Um, I mentioned the, the swag, the shop. You know we always have a merch table over there. Um, our good friends Brian and Ethan, you'll meet them. They'll be uh, heading up that table. You'll see them bouncing around. We'll have two new designs at this show. It'll be at Denver. It'll be at L.A. They're not going online before these shows. So if you're coming to Denver, you might be the first person to rock one of these new Challenge Mania shirts on Instagram, on Twitter. And I want to see you hashtagging Challenge Mania, making people jealous, because hopefully these new shirts will become the staples of this next wave of merch. Because you know that I'm a Challenge Maniac shirt. You know that fifth sport shirt with the basketball and the hockey and the Challenge Mania. These have become staples of our Challenge Mania shop, of our live shows. We love seeing you guys show up with me and D as the comic book characters. But those shirts have been out for a year now, and I think that these two shirts that we're dropping to Challenge Mania Denver, Challenge Mania LA, might be the next wave of legendary Challenge Mania swag, and you can be the first to own it if you show up to Denver, you show up to LA. LA, of course, I'll mention it briefly, you guys know, is June 22nd, Hollywood Improv, ticket to challengemania.la. We're going to be joined by Veronica Portillo, Alton Williams, Sean Merriman, formerly the San Diego Chargers, and of course, we're going to have, a, you know, who knows who's going to walk in. I've already talked to a couple people this week who I think are going to come, who we might be adding to the flyer soon. Uh, it's going to be a great show. Challengemania.la for tickets, and that, of course, is Saturday, June 22nd, and that's a 3 p.m. meet and greet, 5 p.m. live show. Make sure you're... uh Make a note of the time. That is an 18 and over event over there. Um, so I think we got all that out of the way. I'm ready to start talking about our next guest. Uh, she is a challenge legend. She is a real world legend. She's a challenge legend. Uh, we have a really fun She's conversation. She's a two-time champion. Two-time champion. I think four-time finalist. Um, her name rings true in the challenge lexicon. When you hear her, I mean, you only have to say her first name for sure, but her full name, if you will, I mean, is as legendary as it gets. Yeah, I, and she's been she's just been in the mix for so long, and I, I love talking to her because it just it just reminded me what a long history she has, and you can tell that she appreciated it. She appreciated the time, and and you'll you'll later on hear that you know she's been pregnant for five years, and uh, it's it was just such a joy to to hear from her. What a fun person to talk to. She's my favorite kind of guest because she's got the history part down. You guys who love the OGs, you guys who love the vets and want to hear about all those challenge seasons you grew up watching and you know like the back of your hand. But she also still watches every season. You know, she mentions is a real, she mentions a real world season here, D, that I'm pretty sure neither of us really paid close attention to. Go big or go home. She knew that. She's dropping character names from that season. So she's just as plugged into today. She watched the reunion. She watched all of War of the Worlds. Paula Walnuts is with us, ladies. 
ladies and gentlemen, today on the show, if I hadn't said it yet and you haven't guessed, uh, someone we've been asked to have on for a long time, but as we said, she's been getting busy, both figuratively and literally. She just had her third child at Paula Walnuts MTV. Make sure you follow her. Make sure you let her know you liked her on the show. Um, as you'll hear in this conversation, looks like we might be able to get her back, maybe for some bonus content over at patreon.com slash challenge mania. The real world trailer just dropped for the new real world. It's going to be streaming on Facebook. Um, we did mention we are going to try to uh, to do some bonus content revolving around that. Maybe some of the new um, season of uh, Are You The One. Uh, we're going to go back and watch some old school seasons that we'll talk about. We're going to be doing bonus interviews over there that will be exclusive to the Patreon. So don't think just because War of the Worlds is over and the War Room might be shutting down temporarily. That doesn't mean that the bonus content isn't going to be flowing. If you will, the bonus, if you will, dust the road, baby. The bonus content might actually be more interesting to you at this point. This is the off season. I'm not going to say off season Hasselhoff. I know Derek hates it when I say that. So off season avocado time over at patreon.com slash challenge mania. And sounds like we're going to be able to bring Paula in to talk about the real world and do some really cool stuff. So. I implore you, go check out patreon.com slash challenge mania. If you're a challenge maniac and everything you're getting for free over here is not enough to wet that challenge palette, head over there. We've got some really cool stuff. We do a podcast with one of you guys as the guest every month called Meet the Patrons. And we have some new patrons we want to meet right now and announce. Rhonda Tiaji, the admin of Challenge Talk. Shouts to you. Thank you for signing up. Amy Zolniak. Paul Funky, Dana Priest, Rebecca Age, Stuart Tuckwell, Michael Powell, Jessica Esteban Carlos, Ashley Thornton, and Anthony Sanchez. Thank you guys so much for being the latest additions to the Pod Squad. Pod Squad. Thanks, guys. Yeah, we're not going to take up too much of your time. We'll get to some more sponsors later. But for now, let's get to Paula Walnuts. Am I right? This is going to be good. Going to be nuts. Walnuts. Let's see what you did there. On the line right now is a, a full-fledged challenge legend. She's one of the only people in the world that I will refer to with their first name and then a food. And you guys know who the other one is. Miss Paula <laughs> Walnuts is on the show, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome. How are you? Thank you so much. I'm, I'm doing fantastic. It has been a billion years since uh, you know I got to speak to Dee and now I'm meeting you. So I'm super excited. I, I can't believe how long it's it's actually been and how excited people are are to hear from you. Um, I had the pleasure of doing I, I don't know how many challenges it, it was, maybe three. I don't know. I'm pushing I it if I'm saying rivals, four. Rivals. Um, what was the one in like uh, Prague? Uh, cutthroat. Yep. Well, we did. Um, no, we did your first challenge. I believe I was on your first challenge, oh, the, I think. Oh, oh yeah. Dual one. Oh, back further. It, uh, Inferno 3 in South Africa. Oh my gosh. See? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, they all blend together at a certain point. No, no. Okay. Look. So how many challenges have you done, Paula? I did, um, oh my gosh. I think I did eight. Or uh, they have eight 10. They have 10 on the challenge wiki over here, Paula. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And I, okay. Yeah. I did 10 and I won two, I believe. Yeah, there's one that you almost won, but then your your team kind of turned on you, though. Did you block that one out of your memory? No, no, no. That one is um, that's right, and that's still um, a scar in my heart. And Dee, in my why didn't you name that one? I feel like you should remember that one too. That's I, weird. I think I think that challenge is strictly known as maggot sticks. <laughs> 
Oh my god. So, oh my god. If you really want to talk about maggot sticks, I or completely, not, or not, I completely just... forgot about that. That was the grossest and and mind you, I'm talking about, you know, challenge history. That's the grossest thing that's ever happened on a challenge. Yeah. For our so, listeners, why don't you tell them what you mean by that? Because that could go in so, a million different directions. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Including all the all the uh, gross people that people sleep with. So um, Exactly. <laughs> so um Magistic, so it's I think it was like these bins where, you know, they had like these tropical plants and we were in Panama and in the bottom of like these vases are, you know, they put in these beautiful flowers and it's just for production value. Mind you, it's the weather's, uh, you know, always kind of wild and crazy in Panama. So it rain fills up and nobody bothers looking in there um, except the one and only uh, Johnny bananas, of course. So he grabs some of these flowers and plants out and in the bottom of them, it's filled with maggots, death, and probably piss and God knows what. And, uh, you know, what does Johnny Bananas do? He takes them, runs around smacking people with maggots are flying everywhere. It is absolutely the most disgusting thing in the entire world. And, you know, it's whenever Johnny's on, on a, a challenge, you always have to like be on the lookout, whether it's, you know, food, a bug, of maggots or, or whatever he, he's coming at you with it so let me follow up with that so let me follow up that it, for sure this is we're on the island and you know this is very that like survivor-esque type of season where we yeah they haven't basic, done one since like that no and you know maybe just survivor just takes the reins for something like that right yeah and it's it was probably the the season where we've probably seen johnny at like his worst i think <laughs> And he's, we've seen him in a lot of like weird situations, but this is by far probably like the worst season he's ever like looked, you know what I mean? And, and, and these maggot sticks that we're talking about, and like we had beer, wine, we got the hard boost taken away. Um, (laughs) we just had beer and wine. And I think people, like you said, would either like puke in this vape. There's like puke in it, pee in it. Uh, beer in it. There was a, like, didn't we make like a beer luge? You remember that? Yes, we and made it like, out of bamboo. Out of bamboo. It. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. Now, now it's coming back to me. Now it's coming back to me, Paula. Beer yeah. luge, and that was like the that was out of bamboo sticks, and that was like the the where we would like spill out the beer, the leftover, like the foam, right? Yeah. Which in turn eventually fermented. I don't know if that's the right word. And it stunk absolutely terrible. And maggots grew out of there. And he would take these, you know, these like flowers or vines or I don't know what they were. They were like these, uh, they weren't even sticks. They were like, like the ends of a bam, like a late, like a leaf, like, like a, you know, yeah, like a long, strong leaf, almost like a palm from Palm Sunday, right? Yeah. He would like, walk up to Paula when she wasn't looking and like put it like right under her nose or like slap her in the, you know, like neck with it or something like that. Right. Like, so the stench would like stay on her. And I I don't, it seemed like you guys had this like relationship where, you know, you would chase him or it was like his brotherly love type of relationship, you know, but it was like, it was disgusting. And it was kind of funny when people would freak out, you know? Oh, Absolutely. You know, there's just something like, um, 
there is that brother sister relationship. Like we started our, you know, challenge careers together while we started our, you know, real world careers together, you know, living in the same house and, you know, just kind of like forge this really, you know, love hate relationship because when you're on, you know, the real world, it's, it's, you know, very, very intense. And, you know, we just kind of became family at that point. And so of course, you know, if you're looking to pick on somebody, you go to the people you're closest with. Yeah. And, you know, and, and for the record, I, to clear things up, what Scott was trying to allude to, which I like to steer away from because I don't like to be involved in the drama, is I got an award when I came back after not being around for seven years as being this, like, worst or what what do they call it? Best? They had to find something, Paula. So they gave me this award that was worst alliance teammate or best Worst alliance team. I don't even know what it is. And it's then they either lose. best or worst. You can't remember. <laughs> I mean, those I, are two very different things. Yeah. I, I think I think they were calling me like worst alliance team member. Is this for Dirty Thirty? You're saying when they had to kind of attribute yeah. a flaw to yeah. everyone. That's why because the way yeah. they set up. Uh, I don't know if you watched Dirty Thirty, Paula, but they were like, we brought back thirty of the dirtiest players in the history of the game, and like, although we can talk about the island all we want, like Derek is not really a dirty player. So right. what you're no, saying, no, no, no. The, they sort of repurposed that one move that you probably wasn't even really your idea, and they were like the award for worst alliance member to. Ever have is Derek Kaczynski. Ugh. That's what you're no, saying. No, right? yeah, that was more like um, that was probably the 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 that was I think a that was a bananas Evelyn thing. And if whoever got looped into it, to be honest, looking back now, I, I feel like that's that island moment is the beginning that led to the rest of all these crazy, crazy backstabbings. Like losing 75 K is nothing compared to what Sarah lost, which was 250,000, which is what, you know, Hunter lost, which is half a million. I'm like, that was pennies in the pocket compared to what these kids lost. And I don't like, I was salty for years. I can't imagine what they're feeling, right, to lose a quarter and a half a million dollars. Well, it's funny. You actually – you did a better job recounting the amount of money than some of those people even do when they come on our show to talk about it. So clearly you're still paying attention to the show, Paul. Is that the case? Oh, yeah. I mean, um, you, you got it. It's it's like, you know, um, it's like I'm retired, but, you know, there's this love – there's this love for the show in general. It's like, and having this, um, you know, obviously intimate view and relationship of it, you know what it's like watching it, what it's really like and what's really going on and how either hard it is or, um, you know, all the backgrounds. Like, um, you could, I can always count on when I tune into a season, I can always count on um, the same exact jokes Johnny's going to have every season. That <laughs> classic dumbass cheers he does to you know the the cheers that he does at the beginning of every season um you know and it's you can there's just things that you can count on and to be honest it's uh, i like watching you know even now because it is so different there's all these brand new kids from all these brand new shows so it's just like um it's almost like a completely different world now like it seems like the veterans are more on on uh, you know, our, but the vets are more the minority now. So it's, it's, uh, it's interesting to watch. And at first I was opposed to it. You know, it's like, um, I, I was like, um, I felt like they weren't, shouldn't be welcomed into our very close knit world. Like I wanted to keep it protected. Like, 
I'm like, who are these kids? They didn't earn their, their stripes. Like, why are they here? Um, but you know, very slowly there are these like characters that I do enjoy. Like I actually love the whole, um, international thing. I think that's really great. They found some awesome characters. Did you struggle with the, uh, what we call like the kind of are you the one period where for a while yes. there they were infiltrating the challenge and they weren't necessarily getting the job done, but they kind of took over the show from just like a presence standpoint, but not from an entertainment standpoint or an impact standpoint. And now that they've been sort of weeded out, we've kept the kind of the better ones like the, you know, the hunters of the world, but then all the other ones have kind of, and Amanda's obviously, and then the other ones have kind of faded away and now we're replacing Facing up with these like amazing international forces of nature, like Georgia and Theo and and all of them. Yeah, it's just it went from it went like I feel like the challenge got this uh, this vibe for a minute of everybody on it was just thirsty and just wanted to be on TV to be on TV or cause a certain kind of ruckus. Like it took away from you know people busting their ass and and the the psychological warfare of the game. And it just seemed more on it like a caddy level. So I th- I think the challenge lost some some of its credibility and now it's like holy shit you have turbo like i thank god i'm retired because what are you going to do with that like honestly he's he's literally like he's like a like um you know a video game hero it's crazy it's it's the craziest i i don't know who could beat him that man you know i watched him i saw that he ate like a like two full plates of food and then went running to make sure he could run on food that shit's in that's crazy. That's brilliant. Um, Ninja Natalie, you know, even Maddie, who is, I think she's like 6'11". It's like, I, I don't want to go against anything like that. So I don't know what they're feeding the kids now, but they're, they're, not, they're nothing like they used to be. Yeah. And, and it seems like, you know, the, the challenge gods, like it took them a while to like hit this because I feel like they've been trying to figure out the right, uh, the right scheme you know, to get more viewers, to get more followers, to get more people involved. And they finally got it. You know, they, like, right. we, like we said, we tried, they tried with the, are you the one they eh, tried a little bit with big brother and they're like, Hmm, this could work. Then they threw yeah. in a couple of UK people in there with a couple of big brother people. And then they were like, we're going to go to the winner of Survivor Turkey. We're going to go to the winner of Big Brother. We're going to go to a winner of some show called Love Island, which is the <laughs> biggest show in the UK, and they got a million followers. We're going to go to their version of the Jordy Shore uh, or the Jersey Shore and get one of their, those guys. And, and so, like, I, I feel like they, like, you know, they're, they're, they're hitting home runs with this because, you know, and they're keeping their old school characters, you know, around, too, which, like right. you said, we saw – Yes, you know, now, yes, we can go on paper and say, oh, every person was lined up, you know, was lined up fresh meat style with a, with, with a rookie and a vet. But in reality, like, the true vets, I mean, there were like three, four, you know, maybe five, you know, household names, you right. know, true, you know. Like the CT, the, you know, the yes. para, you know. But um, I think I said, don't you think, Paul, I mean, because you've been paying attention, right? And, you know, you played with some of these people. These are some of your friends. But as you mentioned, you weren't very enamored with the new generation of challengers from the Are You The One standpoint or the Big Brother standpoint. So to, I, I likened a lot of the goodwill that this season garnered early on to bringing back Nani and Wes, who were two favorites that we hadn't seen in a while, who kind of gave the long-term fans something to get excited about and kind of yeah. let us go into this with an open mind. 
behind. So like five episodes in, we're like, oh, this bear guy's pretty good. This turbo guy's pretty good. Whereas if it had been all the same, sort of just a, like a redoing of the last couple seasons and it was, you know, Nelson out there instead of Wes or, or, you know what I mean? Or someone, something right. like that. The, it's just, it's just the same thing over and over again. Like, right. um, you can almost, and it's funny because it's not like anybody was, learning from past seasons it's the same thing that kept happening that keeps happening over and over again but when you finally either make it a level playing field of like all these people if they're smart will band together against the people who've been playing this for a decade you know it changes everything up and um i just thought the 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 tribunal was cool i thought the voting method was cool i thought that the fact that you could pick somebody it's like you know back in the day you could go if if you were in the elimination and you weren't immediately called out, you were chilling. Like you could go and you were just like, "All right, I'm going to party my face off. I'm going to act like an idiot. Who cares?" But now it's like you always have to be ready. You always have to be on because you get unless you are saved or or secure, you can get called in, and that's and that in and of itself is you know screwing with everybody's head. You know, you know what I love of what I loved about this season that they kind of brought into this one that they didn't with any of the other ones is the relic. So, oh, yeah. So if you win, if you win the elimination, you can't keep putting the same person in, you know, for a long time, it was very easy to figure out the game and say, oh, we're just going to put in, you know, the, the, you know, the asshole that, you know, we want out of the game and we'll just keep putting him in or her in until, you know, un- until she's gone and then we'll deal with somebody else. You, you know, have to get so- your hands dirty more than once because we've already thrown in Derek. So he's already mad at us. So why not just throw him in again? You know, easy, exactly. easy, easy. So this way y- you weren't, you know, you weren't able to do that. It, so th- it's like, well, we got to piss off somebody else, you know? Yeah. So it was, I, I- this was a really, um, I don't know if they have, you know, different people working on it, if they're just trying different things, but this one's, this one's dangerous because you never know what TJ's going to say. And he could say, like, you never know the amount of money he's going to say. You never know the twist he's going to say, you know, and, and, uh, it just seemed like, um, there's just like these really great, great twists and turns throughout the whole thing that as a viewer, I really, really love. I think I even saw a report saying that this, um, the final was the highest rated in since like, I don't know, like, 2013 or something like since rivals two uh, finale yeah no i mean the prize pots are getting out of control yeah which uh, also makes me a little pissed because now you know if i i've won two challenges and it's literally what what did west west got third place and won 50 i got first place and, and split it with emily and won like 65 that's yeah. bullshit yeah, yeah yeah and that's also i mean it's one of those things i'm looking at your record right here you made three finals I forget how, you know, those were, uh, t- team finals per se. So it's, I don't know if you won money for those participating or even making it that far, but, um, she did, she did right. the first, so, the first challenge that we did, the, the first challenge that I did with you, you won part of a pot and then, uh, and then you was that, was that for instance, like what you're making sometimes, like what Wes just made for third place. Exactly. Like, you know, no, the, the, the first one that was split was like nothing. Like right. it was just like, congratulations. Here's a best like, buy gift uh, card. No, Here's a sidekick. Grand? I don't know. Maybe 10 grand had to be 10 grand or something like that. 10, 11, gonna, 12 grand. I, it was either 10 or 20, but I mean, and, and obviously not to like, you know, poo poo any amount of money because this is all like monopoly money, right? It's like, you're just lucky to be a part of this whole whole thing but um just compared to what i think they're doing it right now like when you say the when you say 
a quarter of a million dollars, half a million dollars. Um, you know, yeah. When second place, two hundred thousand dollars. Second place, yeah, we were killing. We almost killed Big Easy for like fifty grand. Let alone, you know, could you imagine if that if was for a million dollars? Yeah, if that. Yeah, so it's like the I when I think you guys almost drowned Big Easy for less than like for, for like free. thirty grand. <laughs> something oh, else yeah. that else uh that also has been instituted <laughs> since you left was this this twist that we've seen twice um as far as you know being able to take the money from your partner johnny oh takes God. it from sarah ashley takes it from hunter what was particularly particularly awful about that season was no one even else in the final got a dollar either so hunter didn't, get, hunter didn't get any money none of the other teams got money just ashley got to fly away with a million dollars before taxes um talk about you know in the in the climate that you played in so you played in two seasons of rivals you won both of them a lot of people liken that to you getting partners that you were able to kind of work your stuff out with fairly early on um in those dynamics with those teams do you think that you guys would have taken the money from each other and just go back in time and how people kind of acted during that time period if you can put yourself in their shoes do you feel like we're in a new era where with you know twitter and making headlines and this and that that taking the money is almost easier because it's kind of what's expected these days whereas back then it would have just been like a really shitty thing to do yeah like it's funny because now, like people ask me all the time, they're like, Oh my God, do you see the challenge? What do you think? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I'm like, of, of course they're going to take the money. Like it, it made Johnny doing that made him only more famous, only more sought after, only more calculated. You know, it, it's, it puts a, a big target on you, but it, it definitely increases your longevity in the show. I'll say that for sure. Um, but it could also put that curse. Like, um, Johnny hasn't, I don't, I don't know if he's won money since then. Um, and, um, he won champs versus stars. He won champs versus stars, which, you know, I mean, is a toss up on whether or not that's like, a, cause it isn't for charity anyway. Yeah. yeah the guess, money goes to charity. So technically the curse still stands if you're like a cursed loyalist. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> so, wait, what's the, um, who won the, who stole the money from Hunter? Ashley Mitchell. Ashley. So yeah, Ashley, she got sent home what first on this one. Yep. I, so I don't know if it's a curse, but hey, she, she's also rocking a million dollars. So I don't think she's sweating too hard about it. But back in the day, like if TJ was like looking, you know, in Rivals 1 or Rivals 2, if he said to Emily or Evelyn, you know, either of you get to take the money, like I couldn't, I don't think I could have done it to either of those girls um, just because you did it together, right? But now, after, once somebody does it, you're like, ah, screw it. Like, yeah, of course I'm going to take the money. And also it's like the money, the amount of money is so drastically different. Like if somebody said, do you want half a, half a million dollars or a million? I I think most people are going to turn into an Ashley or a Johnny Bananas, to be quite honest. And it's easy to be on the other end. It's easy for everybody that's sitting around them to be like, that's so terrible. I would never do that. And I'm like, fuck you. Yes, you would. Everybody would. Like, it's it's life-changing money. And, you know, at the end of the day, like, I think even on... I think they even showed it on the reunion. It's like, you know, in the challenge world, it's just different than, you know, friendships outside. And if you can separate that, you can make yourself a hell of a lot of money. So I I also don't think that Evelyn or Emily would have taken the money from you either. I don't think so either, because I also had this very like, 
um, underdog, you know, people rooting for you kind of thing. Because especially with Evelyn, yes. up until that point, I never won one. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and I was on it for years. And, and like, I, I chose the wrong partners or got, you know, stuff taken away from me. So I think it's like this, you know, this thing of everybody, including my rival, was rooting for me, which was, um, ended up just being like a, you know, it changes from rivals into being, uh, you know, lifelong friends. So I guess that's the point of the show, but yeah, but just Evelyn was never like that. You know, I, I saw Evelyn, I saw Evelyn, you know, she got, she got put in against her friend Kellyanne, you know, on the ruins and quit. Yeah. She just let her get beat and let Kellyanne stay in the game. Kellyanne makes it all the way to the end, you know, and, Almost, you know, her and Sarah almost win the freaking thing, you know, and, uh, you know, but just Evelyn's never been that kind of a person. She's always been this prideful human being. And also with Emily, like, you know, with everything she has made back then, I, I don't, I'm not sure, but like, to her, like knowing her now, like, I, just, I don't think Emily even has that in her, you know, no, I don't think she has right. an I ounce think, of that in her. I think there's, there's, there's. Well, also, it's like, so there's so many new people, right? Like, there's this whole new wave of people. So it's like relationships aren't as um, solid as they once were. So it's like, you know, back in the day, it was this group of people, and we we did it with each other all the time. <laughs> that sounded crazy. No, not did it. You know what I mean? We did the yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. We did the show <laughs> with each other all the time. So it was like... Um, it would have been like breaking real friendships as opposed to, Hey, we did a couple of shows together. We're kind of friends. And I talk about you on Twitter. It's like, you know, when, when you're hurting somebody, you're hurting like real, real solid friendships. So, um, I think, I think it's easier probably now to take the money, but there are these, there are still these, um, very loyal, genuine, good people that probably would never do it. But you never know until they actually get TJ saying them, are you going to take the money or not? Like, I don't I wouldn't put it past anybody until TJ says it to them. Um, while we're on the topic, we did have a question about this. So we, we talk about the idea of rival seasons and this most recent one, there were a couple, well, vendettas, but then also final reckoning where they were actually partnered up. It wasn't called rivals, but I mean, they, the whole guys was that, oh, they're, you're partnered with someone you don't like. And we always talk about on this show how that's sort of unfair that there are differing levels of rivalry. Like you put Brittany and <laughs> Chuck on a team where like, you know, they really do do not like each other. And then you put like Derek Henry and Tori on a team where they really do not like each other. And then Kyle and Brad are like literally friends. Um, right, so right. Glenda wrote this in about you. She said for your rival seasons, you were believe the only one honestly happy with your partners, Evelyn and Emily, were there actual issues you guys had to work out or were you guys happy because you knew that they were strong competitors overall and the personal problems weren't that deep. So you knew you'd be able to work them out within a day or so. So talk about that because you sort of, got that generation's version of a Brad and Kyle deal um, or, yeah. or was there more to it? So, um, I mean, the, the rivalry, the rivalry between me and Ev- Evelyn was real in the fact of she took my spot on that boat, like period. Like it, I was pissed. I, I was like, um, and, and also going against Evelyn, she's just, she was just so good that there's just the like, what the hell can I ever do against, against this chick? So it was just like, once she took that spot and like, kind of like sealed the deal of being on that boat, I looked at her like, you stole that money. Um, and I just, 
you know, had this, I don't want to use the word hatred, but this anger, this, 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 you know, something that I couldn't get over with her. So that was pretty real. Um, Emily, it was over Ty, which is kind of like, you know, what the, you know, so stupid. Um, Emily's a beast. I just chose, I think, um, maybe it was subconscious. I just chose the exact right people to be pissed at. Like, I'm not going to (laughs) choose. There's no sense in wasting energy on people that, um, aren't going to make your game better. So I think, uh, maybe subconsciously I just chose the exact right people. Like every, after that, I thought, um, after rivals, what was it? After rivals won, I, I got into it with Laurel. I was like, well, maybe I'm set up for rivals with her. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm just picking, I'm, I'm picking the right people. And I think maybe people see that success and now they choose who they're going to have beef with because, I, cause in the long run, it's going to only serve your, your, uh, your bank statement. If you choose the, a strong person to have beef with, whether it's on Twitter or on the show or in real life, eventually the, that's, you know, the, the production crew is going to come around and be like, Hey, let's put these two together and see what sparks can fly. So I don't know if the genuine, you know, rivalries still exist today, but back in the day, that shit was real. Does that make you a fan or, or not a fan of the format in general? Cause for me, I don't, I mean, it sounds good on paper. It did make some good seasons early on, but when you look at it that way, the concept is kind of flawed. The idea of having rivals team together because there's such a disparity in how much they genuinely, genuinely dislike each other. And then it comes down to having uneven teams regardless of the fact whether they like each other or not. You'll just have like a monster of a team like Tony and Johnny because, oh, they got into that one argument that time. So like my question is – like, isn't it the heart of this? Don't we want to see rivals go against each other? You're like taking the ultimate thing we want to see off the board. Like, I want to see Kara go against Laurel. Don't make them partners. Make them have to go against each other. Like, to me, that's more interesting. Yeah, and and no matter what, you know, at the end of the day, you're like, okay, I don't – nothing is so deep. Nobody – you know, did something maybe like so horrible where you're not going to get over it for two months so you can win money together. Like everybody's focus is the money. So it's like, uh, just shut up, work together, you know, and, and get it done. And, and you have to. So, um, you're, I, I, I agree with you that it is flawed because at the end of the day, we're all smart enough to know that there's no winning if you can't make it work with this person. Um, but eventually, you know, you, you have to realize that you can't piss off anybody else too, because TJ can always come and be like, all right, now it's a, it's single game. Everybody's out for themselves or, or whatever have you. So, um, I, I agree with you. I, I don't think there's much to being paired with a quote unquote rival anymore, especially if it's just something that's really minor. But the, the reason why it works and the reason why they're probably, you know, there probably will be a rivals four, there probably will be an X's five, you know, or whatever. Um, there probably will be another vendettas, um, is probably because of that, those storylines, you know, is because people are so interested and in looking back and being like, Oh shit. That did happen, and oh, damn, that did get a little saucy. Damn, they got in each other's faces. Damn, they almost made out on the reunion. Yeah, but then you're uh, sort of ensuring that those don't play out again. Like I, I they like won't the play idea. Play out again, but there will be new ones. 
See, no I like the idea of putting to, those people in a house teams. again. But that's what I'm saying is like you they, sort of you sort of mended the fences off camera by making them a team, sort of guaranteeing that those fights don't happen again. Or the you yes. know like like to mm-hmm. me, what I would do is find a way to get the rivals. How about do this? Do a rival season where you put everybody out there, then everybody's with their rival, and you're like, good. Now you're all here. Now we're gonna draft partners. You know, like now you're not with your rival. Your rival's here. The person you hate is here, but you're going to have to go against them. And we're going to like, maybe you start picking your partner for your rival. Maybe you're out there with Nelson D and you think your partner with Nelson, but no, you get to pick who Nelson has to be partnered with or something like that, you know, or maybe, or maybe what they do is, or you know, you just kind of put an idea in my head is like, maybe if you take, you know, the sets of rivals, yes. and split them up, but put yes. those all on a team against everybody else on a team. Yep. And that would just like, people would go animal to do anything they could to the other team. Mm-hmm. So that could be, because then you're like every, this group of people almost hates that entire group of people. But it's like, unless you have somebody like a Zach who doesn't give a shit whether he's there or not. And is willing to be like, I, screw it. I'll, I'll throw it. Um, put me in. Like he does these, these, um, you know, kamikaze moves because he doesn't care if he stays or goes, which that is kind of what you want to see in a rival's relationship. But that only happens if, if the one person really doesn't care if they stay or go. All right, I have to take that segue opportunity because that was one of the most talked about aspects of this reunion. It was one of the most talked about aspects earlier in the season. We had Wes on at the time. We had Johnny on at the time who had kind of actually given us a preview of everything we sort of learned at the reunion. He said on our podcast months ago, he was very transparent about the thing that, hey, Zach told me he would basically take a dive for me. And then he went back on it. And, you know, at the time we were like, wow, you're even open saying that on a podcast. Flash forward to now, all three of them, all 20 of them are talking about it on national TV. It's the first time I'd really kind of seen that at a reunion. I'd mentioned it, it was a little bit embarrassing. Um, does it bother you and does it hurt the integrity of the game to have someone who blatantly is a wild card in that regard and is willing to kind of just go sign up, say, you know what, I'll do the season knowing in the back of their mind, I'm cool with losing at any time. Like to me, he's a good looking guy. He's a great competitor. That's fine. But the times that he's checked out, like replace him with someone else for God's sake. Like I, I just right. don't like that. Yeah. I think because, um, to be honest, I don't like put it this way. I still get the calls to go on the challenges, which I am very flattered, but unless there's um, a daycare, it ain't going to happen. Um, but you know, if, if there's other people that really want to be on it and, you know, want to prove themselves and make the money and all that kind of stuff, then yeah, I do think he's taking um, a spot from them. But in general, he is, I, uh, I kind of like that there's that wild card. I don't care person because it's not, it's going to change everything. Like Johnny's whole game was flipped because Zach was there. Like, because he didn't care, because he didn't go the natural flow that usually ends up happening when Johnny's on a show. Like, that one, like, those decisions changed the whole thing, and now Wes is in the final, you know? So, as far as, is it fair? No. Does it add, um, you know, an element that nobody can control? Absolutely. Because when, you can't mess with crazy. Like, you can't mess with somebody who doesn't, you know, care. So, by having that person on the show, I think it, to me, um, you know, prior to knowing that he wanted to go home anyway, to me, it added just a, a whole new element. And, and it, it, it literally changed the entire shift of the entire game. Yeah. And and I, I think that's sort of 
what your good reality TV character will bring to the table. Is this value of, I don't know what the fuck he's going to do because this, 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 and that has happened already to him over the past five years. We know if, you know, if, you know, whether he wants to go home or not, or whether he knows he wants to be there or not, like we're going to get this unknown factor, this kamikaze, like you mentioned, you know, and, you know, for, you know, for the first time ever, like, you know, people have people have wanted to go home in the past. Oh, people yeah. have quit in the past. I just mentioned Evelyn quit, you know, on the ruins and stepped off the fucking platform. She quit. Did she get her money? People say if I mean, the, look here, I, I, I'll go a little. I'll die. I'll dive a little deeper. OK, if you quit the show, I, I'm not sure you get paid what you're supposed to get paid. Right. You know, if you quit the show. So the fact that they did play that, you know, on on the reunion is surprising to me. I, you know, but he didn't quit. That's he the difference quit. here. So yeah. the difference is this: he did if Hunter, not if Hunter packs his, if Hunter packs his bags, see, that's the loophole. There is that, like everyone knows, if you quit, you don't get paid what you're supposed to get paid appearance wise. If you quit, you look like you're quitting. You know, it, but we see it all the time. Typically, People, when you, you quit, don't get, if typically, you're quitting. You aren't coming back. And he, so, exactly. He's typically. doing a savvier version of it, which is telling Johnny off camera, Hey, I don't want to look like a quitter, but I want to quit. I got a wedding to go to. How about this? You put me into elimination. I'll go down to you. We all come out of this looking like a million bucks. Boom. But See, he doesn't do it, but he doesn't do it. But that's why, I'm, lies, saying that, that's why you, I'm saying that I love a Zach because to be honest, you're dumb. If you just trust him, like for as long as he's been on the shows, he's kind of been, yeah, I'm going to work with you. Yeah, like he'll give you his word. And he has this like he's likable. He's yeah. he's, you know, kind of trustworthy. But until he's not like he's yeah. also dating this this sweetheart. So she adds to his credibility. Yes. And I think he uses that. But um, you're an idiot if you just you're like, oh, yeah, sweet. You said you're going to lay down. Awesome. Like if you if like be like Turbo and and realize that at a certain point it's survivor mentality. People lie, cheat, and steal and do anything to survive. And so why can't they do to just because you have this agreement, so what? Like, you know, that doesn't make him it, you everybody can change their mind. Everybody but can do it. He lied to Johnny, but he did it for Wes an elimination or two later. He called out Wes and D when they were by far not the worst team. Goes into elimination he, with But Wes. did he or did he just lose? No, he, or did well, he just flat out lose because his partner what, didn't know? His partner's in there trying. Okay, yeah. that's fine. His partner's in there trying. But in what world, at that point in the game, when Leroy and Shailene are still there, are you going to pick Wes in any elimination, let alone one that involved a little bit of a puzzle to it? It just didn't make sense there. Like that to me was, okay, sure, he went back on his deal with Johnny, but he he he, he dove on the sword two weeks later on, on the Wes elimination. So, sure. That's I, what you think. That's what you think. You don't listen. He could have taken a dive during the Johnny elimination and just put stuff in different places too. You know, it just happened to be right. It, yeah, it, it's like it, he it say he goes in there. He's the one running. I don't think Zahida ran one time, so she's in there trying to fix this puzzle. So maybe he goes in there, he moves a couple of pieces and screws her up. Like yeah, 
maybe he could have done that. But I but think like, we, I think we've heard this play out both on the reunion and on our podcast that the way it was is he told Johnny he was going to do that for Johnny. He was probably also having it. conversations with Wes, right? They, they have the, the, uh, the challenge where he throws Wes the ball. He regretted doing that. Johnny goes on yeah, that spiel. Did he? Like, did he? He claims he regretted doing it. And I think what he regretted doing about it was that it was so out in the open. You know what I mean? Like, that was the thing that told Johnny, oh, I'm playing both sides here. I think Zach probably went into it thinking, I'm not going to last the whole time. I'm not going to the final. I've got somewhere to be. And I'm going to have either Johnny or Wes be the benefactor of it. I'll decide when I get there who that is. And I think Johnny laid it in a little thick with the whole speech about like, you know what, Teej? Having four enemies isn't as bad as having a friend who will stab you in the back, blah, blah, blah. And I think It's just so ironic that Johnny gets to say anything about stabbing anybody in the back. Like, it's. (laughs) It's just like funny to me. It's like, you know, how does, you know, how does this, how does it taste motherfucker? <laughs> like, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's spoiled behavior. It's like, dude, you invented this. Like, what are you talking about? Of course people are, he's like, you know, he's the number one target of anybody that's going to stab him in the back, especially the longer you do this, the more um, relationships you ruined. It's, it's, I, I don't know. I don't think Zach to me didn't I don't know how strong their friendship was prior to, but it he didn't seem, you know I think I think that Zach was in there with Tony, you know, Tony and Devin when the whole the the real stab in the back had the big stab in the back happened. I mean I'm sure that there's been some in the past, you know, and I'm I'm still waiting for my stab in the back. To be honest with you, Paula, it just, my problem is, is people go, you know, some people think I side with Johnny or something. It's like he, he really, really in these games has not, you know, maybe that's because I play a game where I don't allow him to. Yeah. Yeah. And and no matter what, it's like, you're one of those characters that nobody's, you can't do that to D. You like, you just don't. You know, like, cause if you do, and if you're ever in a ring with him, you're gonna, you know, if you, if, if anybody like pisses you off, um, hold on one second. I'm just getting, she's gonna get a drink of water before she, she's already like flustered because of, <laughs> no, I'm getting another phone call. <laughs> um, but if anybody, I, I don't think, I mean, how, how long have you known Johnny? What, 15 years? It, it's been a long time. It's been a long time. I've been, I've done a lot of dumb things with this guy. You know, and, uh, you know, it's, you know, again, you know, people have told me too that are even closer to him or felt closer to him. You can't trust him. You cannot trust him. You know, but I think he, I think you have this, this quality of like, at the end of the day, if you, you're not going to be one of the people that he's ever going to want to have to literally physically go against. Yeah. So I think like your, you know, bulldog, I'm going to rip your head off, you know, and eat your, eat your carcass kind of thing probably instills a little bit of fear in him where, and at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's one of those friendships that started in the beginning that I, I think that if he would be an idiot to burn one, that bridge, that's probably, you know, why he would never do it to you. And it's, and I, I really appreciate that. And, and, and it's, it's interesting. It's just, I, I don't know. I, I like to play, you know, this like respect with everybody, everybody that I meet, everybody that I talk to, everybody that I hang out with, all the kids that I coach, all their parents. Like, I just feel like there should always be amongst us in the Twitter sphere is like some sort of like a respectful manner, which is maybe why I'm not getting the call every, every year too. You know, it's <laughs> yeah, either you gotta because be mean to one of those kids you coach yeah. D and, one of them. And, 
Yeah, it's all right. They get a little bit of that sternness, and then they start hitting balls. So, you know, it it works. All right, more with Paula Walnuts in just a bit, but I want to take a second to tell you about another one of our sponsors you may have heard us discuss before, Brewmates. Don't you just love warm alcohol? Well, neither do I. Neither does Dee. Neither did Dylan, the founder of Brewmate. That's why he made it Brewmate's mission to shake up the beverage industry for the better. Brewmate's stylish, insulated drinkware is designed to keep your favorite beverages ice cold all day long. Whatever your taste in beer, wine, or spirits, Brewmate makes every sip a perfect temperature. I ordered the Brewmate sort of wood panel design. It looks like these cups were just like chiseled out of a tree. And I like to drink some wine outside. Sometimes I bring a bottle of white wine out and it's hot. Look, it's getting hot here in New York. And it warms up. You have that first glass. Okay, that was fine. By the time you pour that second glass, it's like warm apple juice. What are you doing? I love that wood look. It just looks so cool outside. You get the bottle as well that you can transfer the wine into. Sort of like that serving bottle that keeps it cool. That one is also wood paneled. People walk by in my community and see me drinking out of this stuff. I've had people ask me, what is that? I let them know it is Brewmate. Don't settle for warm alcohol. Chill out with your favorite drinks all day long with Brewmate. That's B-R-U-M-A-T-E dot com. Add the code MANIA. You're getting 15% off. That's right, 15% off your order when you go to B-R-U-M-A-T-E dot com. And that's just for you, maniacs. So you got to use the code MANIA. Enjoy. I know I love these. D loves these. You're going to love them, too. All right. Back to Paula Walnuts. I think, D, why don't we why don't we go back while we're on Johnny Bananas, who, you know, it's funny, the parallels between the two of you, Paula. You guys started on the same season of Real World together, Real World Key West. Um, you both have names that are your first name and then a plural you know, Johnny food. gave me my name. So, John, okay, so someone wrote that in. So why don't we go to that question? Abby says, can you tell us the history of the Walnuts nickname? So tell us that real quick, and then I want to get your casting story for how you wound up on our TVs. Oh, God. So, you know, based on my season aired, oh, my gosh, like, what, 14 years ago? God bless. Um, And I was going through some stuff, you know? So um, if I had a a cocktail or 20, I would – changed into this alter ego that was just nuts. And Johnny was like, you are nuts on a wall. You are walnuts, Paula walnuts. It's, it's, you can see it happening and it just kind of stuck. So it was like, you know, and as much of like, uh, of, uh, of as much of a Johnny bananas as he is, he, he does have this good heart. He, he does care about people. He's likable. He's charming. And that's why, he is able to do what he does and has been able to win so many and forge these relationships and get people to trust him because at the end of the day, you know, he does have this, this, um, this nice heart about him. And he really, um, as much as we drove each other nuts on the real world, he really had this genuine, genuine caring for me and wanting me to, to get to be in a better, a better place. And, and it was, uh, it forged a really, really strong friendship between us. Can I tell you why I think names in the challenge world stick, especially from that era, like Paula Walnuts, Johnny Bananas, Big Easy, Mr. Beautiful, because you guys, <laughs> you guys came from an era, and Derek's included in this, where MTV did not want you guys to be people with last names. There was no right. social media. They wanted you to exist on the TV, and then they wanted people to think that in your spare time, you just like existed in this weird ether where you kind of like trained hard to go back on the next challenge. So to everyone, you were Paula. To everyone, he was Derek, you know? Like, 
flash forward to now, everyone knows people's last names mainly because of social media. So back then, the fact that you were Paula Walnuts, that's more than any, like Svetlana, she's just Svetlana. She lived and died as Svetlana. You know what I mean? There's no, no one ever will know what her last name was or is. When I was applying to like, you know, jobs or, or when I was out, people would like, like think my last name was actually Walnuts. Yeah. So I'm like, I was like, no, 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 it's not actually me. Um, but, um, yeah, it's still, it's still like, you know, people still say it, which is, it, it's funny, cause, you know, cause it just seems to me now, once you've been out of, out of that world for so long, it seems like a lifetime ago, but it, it does, it sticks. It was, uh, you know, it, it's stuck and, and it's, it's, it's a person that I'm glad I had. But, you know, now I'm safe to be happy uh, as a, you know, a mom, uh, a wife, an adult, you know, so I leave that behind me for a little bit. And you still, I mean, you're still watching the show and I see you occasionally you're tweeting about your, your thoughts on stuff like that. So I'd imagine for you, it's still cool to have the love being thrown at you on social media that I'm sure you get recurring these days. I really, I mean, it's, it's so nice that people are like oh my gosh you know uh you know you get this love from from people who who have watched the show for years and and they they grew up with you which is which is nice and now they're watching you become you know the person you know it, with a family or whatever but they're like oh, we love that we love seeing you know how happy you are in this awesome family that you have you know but please come back on the challenge and just having that that love and and w- being wanted uh, to be seen again is, is always, always nice. So, um, I, I do appreciate when people, you know, especially the, the old school fans who are like, you know, get back on the show. And I was like, Oh my gosh, my hip would break. But you know, I just, I, I really do appreciate all the love that people, that people show me. Let's go back 14 years, or it must've been probably 15, 16 years when you were trying out for the show. Uh, who was Paula back then? What oh was gosh. it that influenced you to try out to be on what at the time was the best social experiment on television? Ironically, it's coming back in a few weeks. They just started releasing full trailers for real world Atlanta that will be airing exclusively on Facebook watch. And I, I promise you that was not a paid for ad. Um, <laughs> w- what made you want to be on? on the real world at the time, were you a fan of the show? Did you have other career aspirations you thought could get launched by being on TV? Uh, cause you mentioned like the, 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 the kind of person you were on that show. And I think people were, were so, you know, engaged by your journey, both on the real world and the challenge, because you made such leaps and bounds that we got to watch you grow up before our eyes. Um, talk about the person that had the idea in the first place to begin that journey for us. Sure. So back in the day, and I'm, I'm going way back, you know, when MTV first came out with the real world, which was, I think like 1993. So I don't know if anybody even listening to this can even remember that, but, um, that's when it came out in the real world changed TV. It was like, we got to like see seven strangers that aren't meant to get along, live in this house and deal with these real issues. And, you know, the Pedros and the pucks, and it was just this crazy experiment. And, um, and I was just like, that's intense. And it looked terrifying and awesome, but no matter what, there was these stories that were happening that I, that I saw people change and grow and, and being pushed and pulled. And I wanted to be a part of that. Like, um, I think I made my tape when I was like 22, 23. And, um, you know, I graduated from college. I did all the right things. I, got my first big girl job. And, you know, I was just like, I just kind of wanted 
something more or to figure maybe maybe to figure myself out. So it was kind of like, fuck it. Why not? So I made a VHS tape, which explains how long ago this was, like with a big ass camcorder and shit. So, um, you know, I made a tape with without the true understanding of like, yeah, this is going to happen. Mind you, when I was little, I did have a dream that I was going to be on the real world. No bullshit. And I was like, like, and I think maybe in the back of my head, I was like, like a I premonition, always, not like, yeah. you know, you want, not no, aspirations, I had a dream. I, an actual like I dream. I woke up one day and I was like, oh shit. Yeah. That was a dream to be on the real world. Um, yeah, it wasn't ever an aspiration. It was like, oh, this is going to happen. And, um, so I sent in a tape and I didn't get a call for a year. So, um, I was like, okay, it, it like in your head, it's like, I'm going to send in the tape. They're going to call me. And you think it's going to be like this, you know, quick, this, this quick scenario, but it wasn't, I didn't get a call for a year. So I, you know, moved, I had a job and then I get the call of like, Hey, this is blah, blah, blah from, you know, Bonham and Murray, you know, we got your tape. We want to know if you want to start auditioning for the real world. And I thought it was a joke. And I was like, ah, okay. And they're like, no, seriously. So I'm like, okay. And I tried out and it was rounds and rounds and rounds of interviews and, you know, all, all this, um, stuff. And later did I find out from, um, John Murray himself uh, at our, I think it was like maybe our rap from real world Key West. He said, we held your tape. Like we had your tape and we held it because, um, you were a potential liability. You know, if, if everybody remembers, you know, my story, I was going, I had an abusive ex-boyfriend. I had eating disorders and anxiety and drinking too much. Like I had all these things. And if you're going to put that on TV, like John was deciding this could go really bad or really good, you know? And, um, I, he was, what he said is he was placing a cast around it that could support and make sure that hopefully it turned out the best it can, because nobody wants to see somebody with a, like going through a lot of things fail. Right. And it's, it could have been so easy, especially in this high intensity, you know, everybody's there's cameras everywhere and, and it's just such a weird environment. It's a high likelihood that you are going to fail. You know, it's, you know, drinking and, and, you know, partying and, you know, being pushed and arguing and all this kind of stuff where it's not really an environment set up for success unless you are forced to really look at yourself. And that's what I did. Like, I never, ever wanted to go on the show to be famous or to be an actor or to launch into something. I just genuinely really wanted this unique, crazy experience to to hopefully change my life because as all the thing is, is when you're on the real world, you aren't, you can't hide from anything. There's no TV, there's no radio, there's no anything. So it's like everything that you think that you're keeping in the closet just comes screaming out. And as I, I promised, um, I actually promised on, on my tape, I said for better or worse, I will be completely honest And that's what I did the entire time. And I think, you know, I got a lot of, you know, it's, it was very vulnerable to, to be all that for the, you know, the nation to see, to like go through these real issues. I, you know, and, and D, you know, not everybody's the nicest. Like I got like death threats and, you know, I wish your eating disorder was worse. So you would have killed yourself. And like, but then you get all these beautiful people that are like, 
wow, going through your journey with you and, and you've come out on top, it gives me encouragement that I can do it. And that's ultimately what I took the real world for. Like it, it put me in this, in this bubble to really dive into things that I would have never dealt with. And when you are put, and the thing is about the real world, they're not putting you in a house with six friends. It's not, you know, it says seven strangers picked to live in a house, you know, and these people are meant to not get along with you, but not, not get along with you. You're meant to learn and grow and, and, um, figure out whatever the scenario is with each other. And that's uh, the, the best blessing. Like if, if Johnny wasn't there, if Tyler wasn't there, if Jose wasn't there, if Janelle and Zach, um, you know, and Svetlana, if they weren't there, I would have never changed. I would have never been forced to look in the mirror and be like, you have some shit now get it together. And, um, that's ultimately like, uh, even though it's difficult and, and now you're exposed, there's just something also very beautiful about being completely free and having everybody know all your shit because now you can't pretend anymore. And, and for me, that's why I did the show. And I think that's why I got so much out of it because I wasn't looking for anything else. I was just looking for the true raw experience. Is it wrong to say though that your season and there's a couple of these, like I think Austin is another one where, you know, as you mentioned, like you guys were not seven of the exact same person that were cast to necessarily go into it to being best friends right off the bat. But I look at the seven names just as you were just saying them and I'm like, yeah, I get that these people would probably get along to a certain degree. They'll have their issues and arguments, but you don't seem like, like there's like, and I forget if maybe uh, I'm forgetting someone fell into this category, but there didn't necessarily seem to be the person who was thrown in there really to stir things up because their views are going to be like completely different from everyone else's or like, oh, these two people just come from completely different walks of life. Um, you guys do seem like a cast that by the end of it, we're getting along very well. And you can kind of, when you, you know, read back those names, it kind of makes sense that you guys all got along pretty well. Right. Or am I wrong? Yeah. And also the thing is, it's like, it's just like with any show, not everybody can be the main person there's there's supporting members if that makes sense so um but everybody's going to get out of the show what they what they put in right so you know um some people realize very quickly that the real world isn't for them because maybe they aren't ready to be as open um maybe they're not ready to um they're not prepared for what the world will think if something comes out. So you can being around, you know, certain people, and even on the challenges, you're like, ah, you're fake. And I don't even want to be around that mess. Like if, if you're not going to be a genuine for better or worse, a genuine authentic self, then it really robs other people from their own experiences. Um, but yeah, it's like, it's, it's just funny because people are like, Oh, is it staged? It is, you know, is it scripted? No, like uh, it's funny because they drop you, you know, you you're in front of the house and then all of a sudden they're like, all right, you know, walk in and then that's it. They stop talking to you. The cameras are furniture like it just it's just live your life and there's nothing staged about it. And, you know, it's easy to say, oh, it's the way editing made me look. No, they no, it's not. No, it didn't. Like you did that shit. Like nobody forced you to do anything. So, um, if you can take that and own it, then, um, you know, there's no hard feelings with it because you did everything yourself. So, um, you know, I think as far as stories and, and, you know, really dynamic casts, you need 
um, not everybody can be an alpha, but the reason the challenge works is they take all the alphas and now throw in money and then it's just a free for all. Interesting. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. You take uh, the real world because what's funny is that back then when there was the real world and it was the like immediate feeder system for the challenge, it used to be pretty much a clear cut. A series, a season of the real world would air and they would cherry pick four people from that season to do the next season of the challenge. And it was pretty much like clockwork. And then, you know, you occasionally did see someone from a real world season end up doing one, one or two seasons down the line. But for the most part, if you weren't part of that first wave, you kind of just yeah. were, you know, you were the B team from that real world and i never thought of it that way that what it was was character it, it wasn't necessarily based on athleticism it was personality wise are you an alpha or are you a beta and you might be an alpha about how unathletic you are but you yeah. are an alpha and that's what they ended <laughs> right. up doing uh, did you by any chance get a chance to see the um the trailer for the real world that just dropped the, uh, no. the new one that's airing on Facebook. So, I mean, I, I feel weird asking you about it since you haven't seen it. But, you know, while we have you, I do want to get your opinion on this because, you know, I watched it. I think Dee's seen it. A lot of people have watched it. And what I said about it um, at the time was that I was surprised by how much it felt like the original real world, which is, which is good and that's promising. That is good. But – in the trailer, they have those sort of moments that probably would have aired on a, a, an old school real world season or at least one of them, maybe not Key West or Austin, but on one of the ones where these dialogues happen where, you know, you see like a racial argument and you see someone who admits that they don't believe in homosexuality. And there's a lot of like closed mindedness and prejudice and stuff like that, that you can imagine by the end of this real world season probably gets worked out and we got we get to watch some of these people have their kind of character journeys and whatnot. What I said was. You know, back in the day, this kind of felt organic to kind of casting people like this and watching this kind of play out. But by 2019 standards, it kind of, you know, doing this for the sake of just like, you know, watching, presumably watching their growth period, it felt kind of icky. Do you think that as a society we've changed to where it's, it doesn't feel right to give certain people with certain views a platform, even if the goal is to kind of either change those views or like show the world, hey, there are people with these views? Cause I don't know, something about that aspect of it kind of rubbed me the wrong way. And these are things that I watched play out on 30 consecutive seasons of the real world back in the day. And it didn't bother me to this extent. What, what do you think about that? If, um, it's, it's tough because I, obviously I, I don't want to, you know, give my full opinion on that just because I didn't see it. So I don't know, um, necessarily what the, I want to see the authenticity behind the arguments. Um, but it, it's funny because I'm, I'm in New Jersey, right? I lived in New York city. So to me, it's like racial issues. I'm like, what? Like, it seems so prehistoric. Because I'm like, they're, they're, like, I'm like, this can't still be a thing. Like, people still can't be this ignorant. And then, you know, you get into the real world where you're just like, okay, there's people from all walks of life that, you know, from all different parts of the country slash world that, you know, aren't as, as 2019 as we need them to be. So maybe, um, it exposes it on that level. Like, do you remember, um, real world, was it, uh, Vegas? Where they had that girl, um, who was, I think, like homophobic. The second real world Vegas? The second real world Vegas? The one where, um, is the one where uh, Kaylee's from. Kayla? Oh, yes. No, it was, it was the, it was go big or go home, but it took place in Vegas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 People have actually been mentioning that. Do you remember that girl? Yeah. Like that, and pardon me, I forget her name, but that, like, watching that, I was like, geez, like, yeah. I'm like, I, I don't know. It's hard because 
it, there's just so many things that you're like, shut up. This is going to ruin your life. But, you know, at a certain point, it's like, okay, maybe these things need to happen to her so she can grow and like stop being, you know, this person. So probably you know, doesn't have a social media. Yeah. It's like the one job interview where you could show up and say these things and get the job is my thing. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, you're like willing to be like the most hated, ignorant person on the planet, which some people are just to get on TV. But it's like, if, if, if it's genuine and, and, and an issue can be dealt with properly, awesome. It should be aired. But if it's like being forced and it's like, you know, um, and it's fake, then, then I, then I am fully opposed to putting that stuff on. And that's why I worry about the real world. Like I feel like it used to be something so genuine and well, your example, your reasoning for going on the show, which, you know, it's funny, like back in the day. So I think the reason that back in the, and by the way, it's a part of it is just a changing of the times. But I think part of the reason it didn't feel icky to me back then was I could believe that there was someone like you, Paula, who signed up for the experience to get the experience, to want to mature, to want to actually go through an experience. And sure it's on TV. And by the end of it, yes, you're going to come out with some offers to do some, appearance tours and yes you could come out with an offer to go on the challenge whatever but social media didn't exist the idea of this having all this ancillary benefit to your life and career and profile etc i bought that of the people who went on the real world a large sector of them that was it for them and you mentioned your cast like zach that was it for him you know yeah i don't believe for a second that in 2019 these people who signed up to be on a reboot of the real world on facebook don't have success and fame in mind and to me Putting them on this show, giving them this platform, even without knowing whether they successfully go on a journey, change their views, etc., is indirectly rewarding them from for having these views and these thoughts at the casting session. You know, like to me, ugh, that's what bothers me. The, true, and and um, to be honest, because I feel like it's almost like making a mockery of the issue itself. Because um, it, like, especially like, I feel like a lot of people are just going either doing their due diligence to be on the real world to get on the challenge or to have more followers on Twitter or whatever it is. So they're not um, being fully uh, honest with whatever issue that they're, that they are talking about. And they're not just being genuine to the experience itself, but I don't know how to do that anymore. Like this, this age, it's like, it only is reality TV now. So it's like, you know, whether it's X on the beach or big brother or everybody, I feel like everybody has an agenda and that's why it's like you lose the the realness of the show because you I feel like people aren't there to have the experience. They're there for whatever whatever's after the experience. And that's dangerous because you could be robbing somebody of really like a crazy level of personal growth. You could be robbing somebody who wants that genuine experience. But it's hard because to sift through the thousands of people. You know, and sometimes they're like, uh, sure, get this guy. He seems controversial and it's, and, but it's all for the wrong reasons. So, um, I think unfortunately that's why the real world has lost its credibility, has lost its platform, has lost its uh, popularity because they started, you know, chasing things that weren't, um, that, that weren't genuine anymore. Like they started bringing back in exes and like, it just was like, what is going on? This isn't, you know, it's like, People have to, you already have to be on your guard when you're in the house. Now you have to be on guard is if your enemy's coming to live with you or your ex-girlfriend. It's like, that's not what the experience is supposed to be about. And now you're following a, a storyline of rather than seven people, it's like 
14 people, you know, and it's just, it just kind of, I think lost its luster for me, but hopefully if they're bringing it back to what it once was great, but you know, um, it, it just depends. It's, it's, it depends on how they do it, you know? So, um, I'll be curious. I'll, I'll definitely, uh, tune in to see, um, but it's going to be, it's going to be a, a hard reboot to, to bring it back to what it was. Um, well, I think just like John Murray, uh, kind of, you know, took that chance on you and was kind of, you know, waiting on the right time to bring Paula out. Like they said, it could be, like you said, it could be really good or really bad. I think this is similar to that situation is they're, they're bringing out like, you know, some, some very controversial topics in just a 30 second trailer. Um, and I think it can go really good or it can go really bad, which is also the reason why I think maybe MTV's not picking it up. Is because it's like, uh, we're doing the, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna bring racists on, we're gonna bring, you know, people that, you know, are, are, are against, you know, lesbian, gay, you know what I mean? And, uh, but at the same time, it's like, if we wanna eliminate, if we wanna eliminate all this, you know, all this hate towards different things, maybe we do need to bring more, uh, awareness to it so more people talk about it so more people steer away from it in those you know in those little bubbles that people are growing up in you know i agree um, with you maybe i think there is maybe. something like there i think there's something to it like you can be an idiot on social media but it's only like that long but if you're like um not to change gears a little bit but i just watched you know like the teen mom reunion with janelle and she tweeted something about colin kaepernick and nessa called her out and it's like if you say these things now and you're ignorant you better you better be able to stand the repercussions um you know learn something like like it's just i i think it could be a good thing it's at least going to get people talking you know, um, and then you just realize that, like, it makes everybody, I think, take a really cold, hard look in the mirror and, and be like, are we as progressive as, you know, we thought we were, you know, just with like, it just seems like there's so many issues that are going on in the in the country, whether, you know, it's abortion rights or whether it's transgender rights or, you know, um, it's a black white issue. It's these things are happening, um, you know, whether um, we admit it or not. So maybe it, it's risky. It's always going to be risky. They're, they're, you know, these hot button issues, but maybe they, you know, starting on Facebook, uh, it, it can, it can relaunch and, and become, you know, a, a really good platform for issues that still exist. And, and that's, and that's why the real world was such an important, like important figure during our time is because they brought out all these issues that no one wanted to talk about, you know, and sort of like sift it all out. So organically though, at the time. So I'm interested to see if this is an organic recreation of that. And if this is sort of just like, you know, up, they, you know, picked seven people to live in a house and these conversations came out or whatever. But, you know, if it feels as if certain archetypes and people who maybe said certain things at a casting session were put in the house to make sure that we had the same type of issues come up and had them come up in similar fashions that may have happened, you know, in the nineties and the two, cause here's the thing. 
a lot of these issues were in their infancy at the time, you know? So it was just basically the fact that during that time period, you could be someone who was doing a lot of things right, but you just hadn't experienced a lot of people who would have opened your eyes in a lot of ways at the time. In 2019, I find it hard to believe that you wouldn't have to, you'd, you'd kind of have to go seeking out certain people to ensure yeah, that I'm they sure were just closed minded. That's my I thing. Mean, you know what it's I mean? Go- it's, I mean, the real world's been gone for a while. So, you know, they've probably been looking. They have right. probably been looking for these people until they knew they were ready that this show was going to be a hit with these characters, with these storylines. Yeah, so, so we're all going to watch it. I think Paul, so we're going to, we're going to try to, you know, at least give it a shot over it. We're going to do it on our bonus podcast at patreon.com slash challenge mania. Paul, if you get a chance to see it, we'd love to have you on to even just talk about that show. I would, I would love to. And, and Scott, I like, I, I feel like, um, I really agree with you. I, I feel like America and the people watching are going to instantly be able to know, okay, this, this isn't, fake right like this isn't forced but there is this like uh, even just watching on on the challenges previously you're like ugh, these these characters it's just it's not working for me and you saw the dip in the ratings and i think um people want people watch reality tv because they want to see reality they want to they don't want to be you know fed something that's fake or scripted or you know um something that's not real with the with the the people that are that are living it so hopefully they do it right um because i mean this what this it's however many almost what 30 30 years old is it some shows maybe were only meant to exist in a certain period you know what i mean like no one's watching that show anymore where people run through the supermarket grabbing items because nobody shops in supermarkets anymore we all use amazon so like there's certain things that just go by the way of the dodo bird and you know watching people just talk about things in a house and not have access to phones and tablets and stuff that might just be something that doesn't work today maybe it does maybe it doesn't we're gonna find out yeah you Uh, might be right you might be right Uh, how much more time do you have left paul because i want to ask some questions oh perfect okay great All right, everybody, more with the interview in just a moment, but I do have to tell you about a new sponsor we're working with called BetterHelp. Uh, We all have moments in our life when stuff's getting you down, stuff interferes with your happiness, preventing you from being maybe productive, achieving your goals, whether they be daily goals, weekly goals. Uh, Sometimes it's hard to even want to get out of the house. And uh, BetterHelp, what they do is they provide online counseling. You get help on your own time at your own pace. You can schedule secure video or phone sessions plus chat and text with your therapist and you don't even have to leave your house. We've all suffered from stuff like this. Depression, stress, anxiety, relationship issues, anger, family conflicts, grief, self-esteem, sleeping issues, trauma. It's all stuff that is a part of life. And uh, anything you share with your counselor is absolutely confidential. That's a must. If you're not happy with your counselor for any reason, you can request a new one at any time. They have 3,000 U.S. licensed therapists across all 50 states. BetterHelp Online Counseling is there for you no matter what your issue is. There's four communication modes, text, chat, phone, and video. You can start communicating in under 24 hours. It's affordable, professional, convenient, secure, and we're really proud to be working with BetterHelp because they are providing a fantastic service for anyone who needs it. And as we know, mental health is a really important issue that isn't talked about enough, so we're happy to be talking about it here with you on Challenge Mania. 
Best of all, it's a truly affordable option. Challenge Mania listeners get 10% off with BetterHelp for your first month. All you got to do is use the discount code MANIA. Why not get started today? If you're having one of those days, go to betterhelp.com slash mania. Simply fill out a questionnaire and help them assess your needs and get matched with a counselor that you will love. That's betterhelp.com slash mania. All right, back to the interview. All right, let's let's bang out some of these. Um, Meals wants to know: Would you have still retired from the show if you had never won? So you went out on a high note, oh, winning no. Rivals Two. You would have kept going. Yeah, you have to. You can't go on. You can't go on out on an L. You just can't. Like it would have, you know, eaten away at me. Um, I was even. Um, it's hard. It's it's hard to say goodbye to the show because it is as 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 annoying as everybody is, as crazy as everyone is, it is fucking fun. You jump off buildings, you fall into water, you dress up in costume. Like you just are around this really unique group of people that, that have this understanding that, um, that experience the same things that you experience. So it's, it's just, it's very, very special. So it's hard to say goodbye to, but the thing is, if you don't eventually say goodbye, then you're the oldest bitch at the party and nobody likes that lady. And like, I had to, I had to retire in order to quote unquote, get a real life. Like I always knew that I wanted to be, you know, a mom and a wife and all that kind of stuff. And it's very difficult to do that. And the challenge, you know, it's like, I don't know anybody that's very cool with, Hey babe, I'll be back. I'm going to go away for two months and live in a house where there's a bunch of really good looking people and a lot of alcohol and, you know, anarchy. Are you cool with that? Awesome. Oh yeah. And watch my kids. Like <laughs> it just, it just doesn't work. So, um, but it's, 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 it's this love. I, I have this very deep love story with the real world and with the challenges. And it's, it's, I, I watch the show and I'm like, damn it. I would be so good at that final. Like, you know, like even this final is built. Like this final was built for me. I like just as a, a, a runner and a person with endurance. Um, I just, I'm like, you, you, it's in the, the pit of your stomach where you're just a competitor and you're just like, ah, like I get it. Like, you know, the, even like the football players that, ne- that never want to retire, you feel like that. But at a certain point you're like, all right, I won, you know, I ended things on a really beautiful note. And this is when, you know, you take your bow because it's, it's, it's graceful and elegant, but, but be not mistaken there. I I watch it and I I always, there's always a part of me that will want to be a part of it. You mentioned you kept getting calls for a while and you still get calls. So Mm -hmm. having, having it be hard to say goodbye and them obviously not making it easy for you to keep calling or giving you what we call the equivalent of a a late night you up text from time to time. Um, you know, (laughs) if you can remember what was the closest you ever came along the way from rivals two to now to actually going back, was there ever one where you you even maybe floated it by your hubby or was there nothing? No, I've been pregnant for like five years. (laughs) so i mean i've lived a lot of life in these five years so i literally you know i my last show was in 2013 it's 2019 i have three kids and i've been married five years that's a lot of life um and it's a whole different kind of challenge um but there's when for me and d you can you can attest to this by having having a son they grow up so quickly and things are happening all the time where it's like 
I can't afford to miss two months. Like for me, I, there, the, the, the jackpot isn't worth that, you know, and I have a really great job and I love what I do and I love the people I work with. And also I can't, you know, I wouldn't, I'm not willing to gamble this life for that one. You know, like I don't, I don't drink anymore. I, I, I am, you know, I, I haven't drank since, since my, since I found out I was pregnant. So I've been sober over five years and it's just not something that I'm willing to risk by going on the show. And D, you know, when you're on the show, there's really nothing to do besides the challenges and party, you know, and I don't trust myself enough to be in that environment, especially with um, the intensity of the personalities. I want to ask, have you ever gotten approached to do one of the, the spinoffs, uh, whether it's Champs versus Stars, which might not happen again, or, or, you know, what they recently did at Universal, where they rolled out Dee and Alton and, and Veronica and, uh, and Tori and all of them. Is that something you'd be interested in? Maybe it's not as long of a, you know, leaving the kids. Maybe you can bring them. It's all for charity, stuff like that. Would you do something like that? Yeah, maybe. Like, that's all, um, I'll never say uh, like a hundred percent no to anything, you know, um, just uh, right now when everybody's so little and, and you feel very much needed and required, it's, 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 you know, it's a no right now, but it's not a no forever. But mind you, it's like, mama's getting old. Shit starts breaking and things are aching. So I don't even know if I can hang anymore, but you know, it's, it's always good to feel wanted. I'll say that. Um, this is from tacos aren't irrelevant. I don't think anyone ever said that they were, um, they want to know where is Svetlana? Do you know? So, okay. So no, but here's some guesses. Okay. <laughs> Supposedly she's in LA and is a graffiti artist. Oh my God. Like, but like, not like, I, no, I think it's like Svetlana, but kind of like Cher. Like, I don't think she uses her last name. Like, it's just like, well, yeah, well, she's Svetlana. never, she's never had a last name. So that works right. out. And, um, supposedly like from the very, she's like, like off the grid. It's like, and I've like, you know, when you're like, it's late night and you're like, I'm just going to go down this rabbit hole and see if I can find someone. Um, I've found very minimal things about her, but what I did find is that she does really, really amazing, um, artwork, um, with spray paint. And Where did you beautiful. find that? Is it possible? There's just another artist out there who goes by Svetlana. No, it's her because it's each. Like, I've seen pictures of her with the mask and on like the side of a building and like art exhibits. And it's like she's first of all extremely talented. Second of all, never saw it coming. She was going to school to be a, like a pharmacist or some shit like that. And um, this is like, I think she just found herself. You know, like um, the thing is like with Svetlana, eh, like especially after the challenge, or she like did really well on like one of her first challenges, and she's also stunning and was very highly sought after. Um, I think it just kind of might not have been the world for her. So this seems probably more her speed. Yeah. I mean, when you Google her, there's such little on her that that one like magazine shoot comes up. Yeah, Maxim. Um, that's it. <laughs> and then like you, we become so obsessed us at, here at the podcast and then our listeners, they let us know and you get recurring questions. And Johnny, it's funny, like any, any interview I ever read or hear with Johnny, they're always asking him because obviously you two are closely tied to her by being on her real world season. But 
We recently uncovered Alton, who is is a social media ghost. Last year, we found Landon. We had him on the podcast. People are so accessible these days, both through the show and even if you have been on the show in a while from your Instagram or your, your Twitter, that really people are very intrigued by those who purposely choose not to be in the public eye, even on social yeah, media. Yeah, because you're like, why? What's going yeah, on? Yeah, you I become legends and the mystery and the folklore. And honestly, what you just said about the graffiti artists and stuff like that, I could not think of a cooler answer than that. So if you live in the Los Angeles area and we're coming out there on June 22nd to do Challenge Mania Live, so maybe I'll take a look around as well. But if anyone finds any sort of proof on the street, like under a bridge or something with like a tag <laughs> with like a Svetlana or whatever and send it to me, I will send and it's real, legit. It needs to check out. I'll send you a sticker pack or something because I need some Svetlana graffiti in my life. She's uh, actually, it's so good. It, I'll, you know what? I'm going to try to find whatever I did find back in the day and send it to you guys because it's actually, she's like crazy talented. Uh, this one's from Mike B. On Rivals 2, Jordan and Marlon had a shot to send you and Emily into an elimination oh, before yeah. the final. When they chose Jemmy and Camilla, you said they just handed you guys the final. How shocked were you that they did this considering you two dominated that season and were the best by far? Um, that, I, it, prior to that vote, I was, me and Emily were literally like campaigning, running all over the house, you know, and you get somebody's word for a second and then that word is shit in like, in, in a minute, like, <laughs> like everybody just changes their mind so rapidly and you're like, can I trust you? Can I? Okay. And you know, um, I remember that and feeling the intensity because no matter what, no matter how good you are, no matter, no matter if you're partnered with an Emily, it's. Like, uh, Car Maria says it. You do not go into eliminations. You just don't. Cause you, you can get some wacky carnival puzzle thing that nobody can prepare for. Not everything is a head to head. It's all like a crapshoot and you cannot take that risk. And I just knew if we were going to, and I think, um, I don't even remember which elimination they actually ended up doing, but it's too risky. And when they, when they let us have it, I was like, all right, if we're in this final, we're going to win. You know, well, I just, it's just the getting there. Um, that was every time I'm on a challenge, it's get me just, just get to the final and I'll, and I'll win it. But it's all those fucking eliminations that are in your way in the, in the process. Here's a good one. Hope wants to know, is there any moment in your entire challenge career that you regret? Hmm. Um, Yes, I, I actually regret, um, on rivals one, I regret, um, even if, you know, alcohol was involved, I do regret kind of tag teaming with Wes and bullying car Maria. Um, it's just, it's not, it's, you know, not in my character and it's not, you know, um, it's not something that I'm proud of at all. And I've, you know, since obviously apologize and we've, you know, you know, we've squashed in and, you know, have, you know, a friendship now, but it's just, it's something that it's funny because I still like randomly will get somebody who will mention it. And mind you, that was 10 years ago, but it's just funny that, you know, it's, it's people don't let it go. And rightfully so it just, it makes you realize how um, deep seated bullying, bullying can go. So that's one of the things that I'm really not proud of that I do regret. Um, Everything else I'm, you know, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty good on, but yeah, that's one of those things that it's like, ugh, that's not a good look. Well, today that probably earned you some fans because 
Car Maria is one of the most polarizing cast members there is these days. Uh, Challenge Gods writes in and says, what do you think about Cara's ev- evolution throughout the years? Um, basically, I think you were there for the start of Cara Maria where she came in and, you know, didn't come in, you know, guns a-blazing. But now as a physical force, she's won a couple seasons herself. And she now has become both simultaneously the female face of the show, at least in some of our opinion, but also very well-liked by some and very disliked by others. So, Yeah, I uh, – first of all, um, I respect her – physicality level that has improved over the years when when she was first on she couldn't run for shit she couldn't swim for shit she just she had like um gym muscles like she couldn't do anything so it wasn't just very impressive um and now she's really like stepped up her game and you know has proved herself like she's good at puzzles she's um she's a good competitor um but there's just certain you know guy choices that might not be the best Um, and you know, what's funny is I think it's because she's a female, people will have more of an, uh, of an opinion, but if, if she was a guy, people wouldn't, um, hate her as much, you know, and that's just the world that we live in. So, um, I, she's, she's, she's so involved in this world. She's been doing it and I think only doing it and been on every challenge since, she, she's been like literally on every one. So it's like, this is her life now. So I, I don't know if she's able to separate Car Maria from the show with uh, Car Maria in real life, which um, I think could get a little blurry at times. All right, D, that's all I've got. What do you have for Paul before we let her go? Well, I, I would lo- I would have loved to have heard some more from her on the reunion, especially since she, she watched it all, but I know she's got to go. I want to know. I want to know how the kids are doing. Give everyone the kids' names. I know you have this A plus family now. Um, truth well, hold just. on, hold on. You can. I have. I have 15 minutes. If you guys aren't struggling, I can answer anything on the reunion, and Great. then I can talk. Let's do it. Uh, then, let's get the reunion out of the way. Like then hours. your kids. We would not want to mention your kids and then go into the pits of despair that yeah, we will be getting into at the reunion. <laughs> so we'll cleanse everyone's palate, and then we'll get into the family stuff. Uh, what were your questions about the reunion, D? Well, I just kind of want to know, like, what you thought of it all. I mean, you know, you've been to a lot of reunions. I think the last time I saw you was at a reunion, and you were like, I just want to fucking win one of these things. And then you went on to win two, probably, like, right after that. Um, So, you know, you saw how hard this this final was. And, you know, to see, like, a rookie win it, you know, uh, you know, it's, it's like, it, and then for like me and you, like, it took me like five or six, six tries, you know, I think it took you like seven maybe or something like that. Yeah. Um, and you know, it, it's so hard to do, but I want to know, get your take on this reunion and like, you know, I, I am surprised at how much I love me some Devon. I okay. love her yeah. and I didn't like her on a previous seasons. Like I, I just didn't care. Like I was like, nah. But she like she proved herself in some of the challenges. And to be honest, um, I like how she presents herself mm-hmm. like she's got this honesty, no bullshit about her. Um, and I, I appreciate that and I respect that. And she's fucking funny. So um, I'm a Devon fan. Um, I was a little I don't know what goes behind um, goes on behind the scenes, but I felt like a lot of people um, aren't Ninja Natalie fans. I don't know if you were getting that vibe. Uh, yeah, it's, it seemed like, yeah, 
I, it seemed like that definitely at the end, especially when, you know, they were all sitting down and they're like, she's so annoying, stuff like that. I get the you know? feeling she's polarizing among the, among the cast. I do. Yeah, because also if you're so good and you probably aren't shy about being that good, it could probably rub people the wrong way. That's probably my take on it. She's um, probably very confident and she's a neuro, yeah. neurosurgeon or something like that. Jesus. Yeah, so it's like she's God she, just gave her everything. Huh? She probably knows that she knows her shit and probably comes off like that a little bit. And yeah, maybe people are like, uh, you know, they might be like, oh, relax, you know, relax. Yeah. Like we know you're good. We don't. We know you're good. Like you know, it may be like that. Yeah. You know? Um, I don't know how I feel. I feel. I so okay. So the issue with Johnny and Polly and Kyle, like that is kind of weird to me. Like it just like I honestly I can't tell if if Johnny's right and Polly's just with you know on this show for likes, but at the end of the day, he is a really great competitor. Um so it's it's a little I, I was I was trying to figure out that that whole my feeling on that. Um, Let me give you my two cents on it. I think that Paulie is essentially becoming an easy target because it's easy to get under his skin. And since he's already partnered with Kara, who most of the cast is not, you know, she's really, it, it seems like has fallen off the, the likability scale for a, a lot of these, you know, competitors and the people that she's going against, you know, similar to what Johnny has, you know, and you've been here for a long time. We've won a lot. You've won a lot. We know you're good. It's time for you to go down type of yeah. type of mentality. We don't trust what the things that you're saying anymore. You can't play this game with, the, you know, I think I, 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 I get the feeling. So with the, and then with the, with the Johnny and Kyle thing, like, I don't understand that dynamic either. Sometimes it looks like they like each other, but it, uh, you know, other times it's like, you know, you know, Kyle's working with Wes, you know, Johnny, Johnny isn't like that. Johnny isn't like anybody working with Wes. Yeah. You and know? I actually, I really, I think, you know, everybody asked me about Wes and I was like, off the show, he's great. He's normal. He's funny. He's smart. Like he's just great. He's such a, a him character. Like he's just, um, it's baffling. If anybody, it's like, it's the, it's the same thing. If you expect Wes to be a different person, if you expect Johnny to be a different person, then you're the idiot. It's like, they've been doing this and they've perfected to the best of their ability, their game. And it's like, if you expect something else, then that's, then that's your fault. Um, I enjoyed watching, you know, West this season, I, you, you never know what kind of shape West is going to show up in. And just the fact that he could finish the final when people were literally almost dying and tapping out is, is impressive to me. So kudos to him. Um, but, um, I, I, I also was, um, intrigued a little bit about, you know, the, the love behind the scenes with, um, Cam and Devon and Theo. I thought that was, you, you don't you don't see these things, but you you start seeing like the effects of like these relationships that are happening. So um, I, I'm curious if if stuff will go down in future challenges with you know those three. Um, I'm trying to think of other people that were that were dynamic. They brought I thought it was weird that they brought everybody um, because there was literally some people just sitting on the stage, you know, not saying anything. Um, well, I think that the only people that they really didn't get much out of was kind of like Nani, uh, you know, so you had to have Turbo there, but he, you know, he won like his game is so legit. It's like, yeah, it's like he just 
he, there is no backstabbing. Don't even like yell at him. <laughs> like, like he is just, he's the most honest, straightforward player, which is probably terrifying because he doesn't need the politic. Like he's just that good. Nobody's going to call him into an elimination round. Like if he's on the killing floor, everybody else is the one that's scared. Like he is the most deadly player to ever play the game. They sort of bookended the reunion with turbo moments. They started off and Miz was like, all right, turbo, you were awesome. You played the game. Well, you won the challenge. You're really good at competitions. All right, next let's spend two hours talking about all this other stuff. And then the last five minutes was the whole him and Ninja Natalie incident or gripe or whatever. And she's like, well, hopefully he's over it because I'm going to stay with his family in Turkey. So that just shows like how that really wasn't that big of an issue if now they're good friends and she's going to visit him in Turkey. So he's almost like too good for a reunion. I wish they would have just like had him come in and then literally had like a nice like like ceremony to ha- let him leave. Like put him on like one of those Cleopatra stands where everyone kind of just carries him out and then they just let all these people people yell at each other for two hours. No, because I love I love when he speaks because he just gets to the heart of what he's trying to say, you know, and it's just it's it's the most honest. Um like first of all, kudos to anybody where English isn't your first language and having to deal with being in this type of environment. So, you know, holding your own, trying to express yourself um on camera is difficult. And I just he's just he to me, he's just such a great um, person to watch. And I think that's why the, the finale was something, you know, that people really celebrated because it was like the good guy won. And Mm -hmm. in the past few challenges that hasn't happened. And at the end of the day, I think, I think that's what America was waiting for. It's like, we wanted it to be a happy ending where, where people, he didn't steal anything from anyone. He didn't cheat. He didn't lie. He did it the right way and won the money, which is very, very rare. Yeah. It's like, it's like we enjoy seeing everybody, you know, kill each other off Game of Thrones style. But in the end, we want like the good guy to win. We want Jon Snow yeah. to be on the throne, you know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. What did you think about, uh, so Nani, you mentioned Nani not getting a lot of time in this reunion. Uh, her big moment was her and Hunter and she kind of asks him if he's having a child, which, which, which this was filmed a few months ago and he only a few weeks ago on social media announced that he is in fact having a child. So she brought this up, albeit not on national television, but in front of a room of his peers, in front of an audience, he then a few weeks later now before it airs goes out of his way to let everyone know. I don't know if that was sort of in response to him getting a tip like, hey, just let you know we're going to air that part so you might want to let friends and family know so Nani's not the one to tell them. But either way, <laughs> did she go too far with that? Like I know they had like a little bit of a fling on the show. Does that then validate her bringing that up whether she knows it to be true or not? I, uh, To be honest, I think, you know, as Johnny says, all's fair in love and challenges, because if you're coming on the show and you're not being completely honest and you have some side chick at home, like, yeah, it's 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 not it's two people that have been in a relationship together. Right. So it's like Nani is able to feel and express herself because she was a part of whatever her and Hunter were doing. So she can't not have an opinion just because. Hunter, you know, has something very tremendous on the other side. It's like, it's the same thing with Bear. Like, he got exposed and Georgia can feel however she wants because he was having a relationship with his quote unquote cousin, you know? So, um, 
as far as announcing that on TV, it's, I think she was, she looked genuinely hurt to me. Like she almost, you saw her, she almost broke down. So you could tell that she actually had like, you know, legit feelings or maybe she, I couldn't tell if it was legit feelings or maybe she felt embarrassed, but, um, you know, Hey, it, if you are on a stage, you could say whatever you want, especially if it's the truth. All right, Dee, she's running out of time. Let's get that family talk in. Yes, please. Uh, okay. This is my favorite part of, of any podcast is literally <laughs> catching up with you and finding out what is going on with all these babies. What ages yes. are they? What are their names? What's the coolest thing they just did? <laughs> okay, That's so I, I have... Know. I have three beautiful children. My son, Atlas, is almost five. My daughter, Athena, is three and a half. And my new brand new baby, Aurora, is uh, just three months. Coolest things that they did. Um, Atlas picked his nose so hard that he gave himself a bloody nose. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. You know, <laughs> um, Athena is the meanest, best person I've ever met. Like, I want to be like her when I grow up. She's sassy and it's it's incredible like this girl i don't i don't know what i'm gonna do you know when you're like it's like you see this little kid and you're like i don't worry for you at all like she's either gonna be a ceo or homeless there's no like middle ground it's it's amazing um and aurora she you know shits her pants and pukes on herself so you know that's awesome (laughs) can you so hold on can you tell me the ages again yeah, my son is um, almost five. Um, Athena's three and a half, and Aurora's three months. So yes, five, I've been getting three, busy. So you months. really have been pregnant for the last five years. Yeah, I've been pregnant, breastfeeding. Um, you know, it's like as soon as like oh, and the best part was you know Alice and Athena were out of diapers, and then I got pregnant, and now I'm like now back into the thick of it. Where do you live these days? I live in um, New Jersey. You know, um, so this is where I'm going to, this is where I'm going to pressure you slash guilt trip you. I know you have a newborn as do I, so I get it. I get that it's hard to get out of the house, but I know like a few months heads up is sometimes good enough to get a sitter or have daddy on daycare status. We're coming back to Caroline's on Broadway here in New York city for Derek's birthday bash. It's Derek's birthday. I won't say how old he's turning. Oh, come um, on. How old? Um, it'll be 25. It'll be 25. <laughs> it'll be 25 plus 10. And I, as I just, I get younger. He gets younger every, he's like Benjamin Button. Um, yeah. <laughs> we do these things called Challenge Mania Live where we do uh, like a live talk show at a comedy club. And I know for a fact that Challenge Maniacs would go absolutely ape shit if you at least thought about coming and hanging out with us, Paula. What do you if say? I can, if I can swing that, I will definitely try because not only do I want to, um, you know, I love, you know, meeting people who love the show, but hey, I haven't seen D in so long. Yes. I'd love to catch up and, you know, and, and be 25 as well. Yes. Exactly. Yes. And, and, I we, think we, be and done. we won't pressure you to drink and it's doesn't, it's not going to be as bash. It's more of like a gathering and, uh, oh, yeah, no, a there's, comedy club. Yeah, it's you not, know what like, I mean? the, I'm, it's not so like what I'm sure it, you were like pressured yeah, to partake in 10 years ago, Paul. These are like, li- these are profesh. This is like a live show experience. It's not like, come and drink with Paula Walnuts at David Buster's <laughs> in Rochester. Uh, there's no shitty flyers that are going to be passed out. 
Uh, no, absolutely uh, not. No, these are, these are like legitimate posters done by a comic book artist. Um, so you'll actually, you'll get like a superhero rendition of yourself. It's pretty woo. legit. And since you live in Jersey, I happen to know a babysitter who might be available named Pauly Calafiori who can come oh, down God. from New Brunswick and take care of the kids. Um, oh God. Yeah. But, uh, thank you so much for joining us, Paula. Uh, we really appreciate it. I know you're like, you know, you have a real life, so the answer is probably no, but do you have anything you want us to plug besides like your social handles at Paula Walnuts MTV still live in the gimmick? <laughs> um, Instagram, what is it? Paula Becker, yo, um, you was know, Paula doing... Walnuts MTV taken on Instagram? I don't know why you, what, why is it one and, uh, not the other? I don't know. Um, I think, I think Instagram wanted you to have your real last name in it or something. Um, but it's Paula Becker, yo, like yeah. Paula Becker, you know, yo, Paula Becker, yo, you got it. Like <laughs> I got to be, you know, a little nerdy and a little cool at the same time. Um, yes. but other than that, I'm not really, you know, plugging anything. I'm just, um, I'm really happy that I had such a, a wonderful experience and I'm really looking forward to whatever the rest of life is offering. Awesome. Uh, Paul, I'll, I'll, I'll follow up with you, uh, probably cause I want to see pictures of the babies and then follow up with you in a couple months too, to see if, uh, you know, you can come and hang out for a couple hours. Yeah. Saturday, and- Saturday, August 17th, Caroline's on Broadway. We'll get you a car. We'll, we'll send a car to pick you up. Uh, we'll do the You're whole just thing. You're sweetening the deal. Oh yeah. Um, and I really appreciate this guys. I like absolutely. Um, I, I apologize to everybody um, who listens that it took me this long to get on. Um, and I would love to, you know, um, do it more often because I love, you know, talking with people who know about the show and, and know the nitty gritty and then having a conversation about it. We'll, we'll, we'll bug you, uh, soon once the real world comes on. Okay. I'll watch it and I'll have that opinion. Perfect. Awesome. Thank Perfect. you so much, Paul. Thank I really you, Paul. appreciate it. All right, bye, so guys. nice talking to you. You too. Take care. Bye. All right, there we go. Paula Walnuts. That was, I mean, I know I say it every week. Oh, that was one of my favorites. That was top five, top ten. I, I really love that conversation we just had. You know, for me, it's 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 interesting because every time I play one of these games, uh, or I've played one of these games, one of these challenges, everybody plays like a different role in like the scheme of getting to the end. You know what I mean? And in that, during that time, you know, Paula has been a, a different, you know, I feel like she's been on the Derek side, you know, uh, been on the team, been on the squad, been one of the people that like votes the same way, you know, so it was just cool to see, you know, her, you know, her track through the, the challenge world, you know, because I've been on those shows where she's lost. I've been eliminated on the same day, you know, as her actually on cutthroat, uh, my last challenge before my seven year hiatus. Uh, she, we were eliminated on the same day. She was eliminated, eliminated by Emily. I was eliminated by Tyler and we went and hung out in the Czech Republic, uh, together for, you know, probably like two days before the rest of the wave got eliminated and the show was done and we saw everybody else. So we didn't get into that trip too much, but it just, I just remembered, you know, we had these, you know, these extra cool moments. And I remember that day after the show was wrapped, you got to see this whole new person, this whole different person, this different style where you could just like hang out, be free, be cool, have some drinks and enjoy your time away from 
from the world, from the cameras. And uh, I got that. I got that time with Paul. And, you know, we don't talk about it much. But I feel like our energy and the, the reason why, you know, there's there will always be a friendship there is it comes from, you know, th- that time and, and those moments. And, and I love I love getting to hear from her. It sounds like we might be able to get her back sometime in the future. She's always had great commentary. She was one of those girls. She was your Jemmy. She was your Ashley with the great commentary back in the now you love you know, we love the Dave Ons commentary, you know? That was Paula, Scott. That was her. She was doing all that. Yeah, I mean it just hearing some of these stories, you guys mentioned the the maggot stick. And as you guys are talking about that, which you know, we can we can leave it to the side about, you know, talking about whether that kind of stuff will fly by today's standards. But when you guys are talking about that, you know what went through my head? We Take have, gate. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, maggot gate. No, we. Ha- you know who says maggot yeah. a lot? You know who says maggot a lot is uh, Sergeant Slaughter. If you, if you meet Sergeant Slaughter, or if you even like address him on Twitter, he'll be like, "At ease, maggot." Um. So regardless, what went through my head was we haven't had a TR Hell submission in a while, and it's funny we had Stephen Fish back on last week. He's a member of the RHAP family. I said I'm so jealous that Rob has a podcast and the Wand Off with these great song parodies they get. So for a while there, you guys were submitting TR Hell parodies, and we were loving them, and they've sort of fallen by the wayside. When you guys are talking about the maggot stick, I'm thinking about somebody could do a TR Hell parody. You remember that 50 Cent song, I got the magic stick. I got the magic stick. You could do that, but it's, I got the maggot stick. I got the maggot stick. Right? Did that not go through your head? Am I the only one thinking about Curtis Jackson these days? Yeah, I I, I didn't. It it really didn't. Like, I, I got, we got we started talking about the maggot sticks, and then once we got into it, I wanted to get as far away as possible from the maggot sticks and never bring them back. Yeah. Because, you know, <laughs> well, I didn't know what it was, and when she goes, "Dee, do you remember the maggot sticks?" and my brain went in so many different directions, none of which were directions that I thought I wanted the podcast to go in. Yeah. Um, but well, that is definitely that is a segment from a different era of the challenge. That just, would probably be today something that we heard about in like a Davon recap. It's, it's just, that's just the thing, man. It's like these things, these ridiculous, I, listen, I, I go back to the day, my friend, I got hit by a fucking golf cart. Okay. With four guys on it. I mean, dude, they could have ran me over and I could have been like, they could have ro- ran over me. You know what I'm saying? I got lucky that I got hit backwards as opposed to stuck underneath and ran over like my face. You know what I mean? There would be avocado smashed all over the the road. You know, we we talk about, dude, we talk about like Mark Long and and Mark Long and the guys going out into the jungle with machetes. What the fuck are you doing with Puck and a machete in the same sentence? Dude, I wouldn't have breakfast with Puck and a butter knife. I'm just, that's what, that's my point, you know? So like, you know, nowadays, like you hear some of these things and we saw everything play out with Tapegate and it's like, you know, it's, it's like a lot of these things have, I'd, I'd say it over and over again. We are a bunch of mischievous, bad kids who love to instigate each other and take each other to the next step. You know what I mean? To the next level, you know, and sometimes, you know, we go overboard and fall off the cliff. And get burned, you know. Um, so I, again, you know, we we don't we didn't talk about the reunion that much, but just going back to it, like I'm glad it all came out. I'm glad it's over, you know. I'm glad, you know, no one's gonna like get in serious trouble for this because for a while there, I thought it was it was gonna, you know, 
you didn't know. You didn't know because there's so many people talking about it um, like they knew exactly what happened and no one even no one knew, you know, so, Are you, you know, like, tape gate. Yeah, because, dude, that stuff, you know, could ruin people's lives. You know what I mean? Like you like someone is literally saying, you know, a, you know, a woman got assaulted and it didn't. I you know will, I, I mean? will, I will allow this to seamlessly become a tease for the war room, the final edition of the war room, because yeah. the war room is where we break down war of the world. Yes. Last week was the reunion, the last episode. And we spent about, you know, hour and a half, two hours breaking down the reunion. We do talk quite a bit about digging into gate, all that, yeah. dig into all of it and, uh, put it down on tape, if you will. And we talk about how, you know, we were conflicted at the time when everybody on the internet and rightfully so was very intrigued by what they had heard rumors of. And, you know, we chose to kind of stay out of it and why we did. So we talk about all that over at patreon.com slash challenge mania. Um, if you want to hear all that, you can go listen to that. I encourage you to do so. Um, Paula Walnuts, guys, let her hear it at Paula Walnuts MTV. You heard it. We might be able to get her to come to D's birthday party at Caroline's on Broadway, August 17th. That could be cool. I like putting people on the spot, D. Yeah, I think she's, I think she seemed, uh, very receptive to that. And it took us a while to get her on, you know, so to hear, you know, that she's excited to just like, you know, hear the positive responses from, you know, people that used to support, you know, from people that used to, I, I don't like using the word fans, but well, whatever, we'll say it from her fans. And, uh, she just, you know, she seems just like a genuine, you know, person that does appreciate this whole ride. And, um, is it, you know, she, I mean, we'll see her at a Facebook watch, right? We'll see her on a Facebook watch. Does that make sense? I, I don't podcast? think it, I don't think it does, but we'll see her um, on a Facebook watch podcast. I think a Facebook watch is is uh, something you put on your wrist. It tells you what time it is, and it also tells you mm. when your uncle said something crazy. Oh. Also known as the real world premiering on Facebook watch. Yes, we're gonna do lots of fun content. Patreon.com slash challenge Manny. We'll talk about the real world a little bit. Uh, see how that shakes out. But guys, Challenge Mania Live Denver this Saturday. Cannot wait to see some of you guys that we already know. Cannot wait to meet some of you that we've never met. It's going to be really fun. Denver Improv Challenge Mania dot live for tickets. June 22nd. You guys know the deal. Challenge Mania dot LA. That's the Hollywood Improv as well. Um, we're hitting the road, guys. Coming back. August will be in New York. Working on another date for August. I should be able to release soon. September the 7th. Cobb's Comedy Club in San Francisco. Should have tickets for that. Coming in a few weeks. Stay tuned. As for all these, there will likely be a patron-only presale. Just another reason to become a patron of Challenge Mania. You get a heads up to get tickets for these things. Um, so make sure you do that. Philly, we're coming Sunday, October 13th to the Punchline in Philly, but that's the day before Columbus Day. Hopefully it's a long weekend for you. We are returning to the Chicago Improv, the weekend of Survivor Series in Chicago. It is November the 23rd, the weekend before Thanksgiving. Uh, we're coming uh, back to D's hometown of Chicago, Chicago Improv. Tickets will probably go on sale for that towards the middle of the summer stay tuned for guest announcements stay tuned for all that good stuff we really appreciate you want to thank our sponsors for this episode better help roommate and of course our live shows and you guys our patrons our listeners our challenge maniacs we like to say a thank you to all you guys thanks to all the positive feedback on our recent episodes alton williams who of course will be our guest at challenge mania live la Thanks to everyone who checked out the podcast with Stephen Fishback. That was a really fun podcast, I thought. If you haven't checked it out, don't be discouraged. If you don't watch Survivor, you still dig the podcast. He's a huge Challenge fan. I would say there's almost more talk about the Challenge than there is about Survivor on there. We end with a long chat about Game of Thrones. Check that out. Let Stephen know if you heard it. Uh, at Stephen Fishback. That was a really fun episode. And, uh, yeah, 
That's all I got, D. What do you got, Mr. Uh, Avocado? Just, just thanks to the patrons, and uh, and if you're a patron, we're gonna meet you, and I'm gonna meet you, pump uh, in Denver or LA. Uh, I'm excited to uh, to hang out with you, and you know, as always, we appreciate you guys, and thanks for listening. Yes, let us know if you meet us, and uh, you are a patron, please remind us so we can give you an extra thank you. Maybe I'll give you an extra sticker as well. Lots of new stickers and pins and stuff like that and buttons I should say. I kept calling those pins but those are really buttons. We will have new Challenge Mania pins. The legit zombie sailor pins are coming soon. Wait till you see these. I might give people in Denver a sneak peek of what those are going to be. That's another tease. Alright guys, enjoy your week. We'll see you in Denver. Peace. Toodles. Alright guys, this ends your time here on Challenge Mania. Take care of yourselves and hopefully we'll see you in the future. Have you ever wanted to do your best impression of CT carrying Johnny Bananas around like a backpack on Cutthroat? Well, now you can with the M-Pack, the fully functional backpack that doubles as a weight training pack. And our girl Emily Schramm is nice enough to hook up Challenge Mania listeners with 15% off your entire order. Just go to www.thempack.com slash mania and enter the code mania at checkout. Now, I know what you might be thinking. Scott, who do you think I am? Leonardo Decathlon? I'm not ready to carry an M-Pack full of weights yet. I sit around listening to you and D all day and watching Vendetta's trailers. Well, M-Pack also has really cool-looking gear as well. They've got soft, comfy sweatpants, a really dope hat, t-shirts, and some other gear that looks good on everyone and makes awesome gifts for the active person or challenge fan in your life. So if you want to show some love to one of the nicest challenge competitors around, Emily Schramm, and support the Challenge Mania podcast, all while scoring some sick new threads, workout gear, or backpacks in the process, go to www.thempack.com slash mania. And remember to use the code mania to get 15% off your whole order. Not 10%, we're talking 15% off. Anybody who cops some gear sends D and I a pick of you sporting it, we'll be sure to retweet you, shout you out on the show, and show you some love. Derek is the new superintendent in a large unified school district. He wanted to hold the district accountable to the same standards they hold students to, to level up and surpass expectations. So he earned a doctoral degree in education online at Grand Canyon University. Now he's taking charge and making measured improvements. What do you think preparing students for success looks like? GCU offers over 175 high-quality online programs like this one. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.